episode 183 of the reptile gumbo podcast uh everyone's here for a little bit well, yeah i gotta go i gotta go pick our kid up in an hour kind of our uh our guest tonight is not is not here yet um <laughs> katie does have to leave at some point you get her kid uh and we're a day late but we're, we're, we're here here ish we're all it together we're here ish um let's do uh Sponsor stuff, and then we can talk about the weekend we just had. And- yeah, if you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herbs Reptile Show near you. Visit L- visit lsreptilracks.com to reach okay. out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Today. And if you lose an acrylic lock for your cage, they'll hook you up. Key. Key, Yes. <laughs> Yes, I've done that quite a bit, actually. They fall out so easy. Yeah, that's why you see me when I sell them. I tell people, take that out and put it in your pocket. Yes. That's exactly where I put mine. I put mine immediately in the pocket when you handed it to me when you walked in the door. But uh, Have you seen this the alligator story you sent the other day about now it's massive alligator sets aim at children swimming in Houston area lake? No, that alligator was just swimming. <laughs> oh, yeah, it totally was. I actually, so uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Go yeah. ahead and finish okay. the sponsor. Sorry, it just popped up. <laughs> Lil's Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Lil's Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents, too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and the amphibians that consume them. I need to reach out to our buddies over at Lil's Shop of Horrors and, and get some more large rats because I've been heavy feeding my big boas for the last couple months, and uh, I need more large rats. I got tons of medium rats, but medium rats, it would take a lot of medium rats to fill up some of my boas. Yeah. What did I get from you? What size were those? Cause they, some largers and some mediums, I think. Okay. Those must've been mediums. She grabbed out the other day. She was like, these aren't very big. Yeah, they had to be the mediums. Cause there was the largest in there also. Yeah. Um, also if you're looking for, and, and this is a, a shout out to a sponsor that will, or kind of a sponsor. Anyways, that will be here eventually, maybe at some point tonight. Uh, if you need an LED UVB bulb, check out VivTech Products and use code GUMBO22 to save 15% on your order for bulbs and all the smart devices and everything that VivTech has, which we'll talk more about later if our guest ever shows up. She had, she has children to take care of. Children ruin everything. <laughs> which is why I'm leaving. In exactly. Children ruin 45 everything. Minutes. Um, also, Herp's Reptile Shows. Let's see what we got coming up. Well, that's not right. That can't. I need to. Where did I, oh, did I go to the next page? Oh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, the next Herp's Reptile Show is this weekend, September 16th, September 17th in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Gonzalez, Louisiana. Uh, come out to that one. Robert will be there. Go buy stuff from Robert. Make his weekend. So he'll be happy. Say hi to him. Call him names if you want to. Whoop, yeah. whoop. Sorry, I'm reading this lady in National Think Bite Support that got bit by a uh, copperhead, and she believes in holistic medicine, so she wouldn't let him give her antivenom. So she's telling him all the things she did that worked, like China gel and Arnisa. Arnisa. What? Anise. Arnisa. Arnisa. Arnica. A-R-N-I-C-A. Uh, yoga. 
Yoga? You're going to yoga. A TENS unit. You're going to yoga that venom out of you? Uh, dry brushing and I'm a, deep breathing. I'm a downward. And guided imagery. I'm a downward dog that venom out of my body? Yeah. I, I mean, she seems to be okay. Because it was probably a dry bite? I don't know. Or because it was a copperhead and yep. people don't always have horrible reactions to copperheads? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. Uh, Waco, Texas, October 21st and 22nd. Come out to the Herp Show in Waco, Texas. Then over yeah, to please. Lake, <laughs> and then over to Lake Charles, November 4th, November 5th. We will all most likely be there. That is Robert's daughter's 21st birthday weekend. Lake Charles. Today is her two-year anniversary and her first job. What? What did you say? I said it's still on the fence. You're still on the fence. Yeah. I'm not. Well, so if Joe has an audition at the end of October. Kids suck. And if she does well at that audition and makes regional band, then the first two weekends of November, she will have a clinic and a huge concert to participate in with kids Kids from all over the district. Suck. If she does really good at one but not the other, then she'll only do one weekend. And if she sucks at both, she won't do either one. Suck. So I I don't know. Kids suck. I don't know. Uh, And then up to West Monroe, Louisiana, November 18th, November 19th. Over to Austin, Texas, December 2nd, December 3rd. I want to go to that one. If we can swing that, I'd like to go. Okay. Then Slidell, Louisiana, December 9th, December 10th. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 13th and 14th. Don't expect to see any of the gumbo folks at that one. That's the other side of the world. We're not going there. And then over to Longview, Texas, January 20th and 21st, which means that Conroe must be the weekend after because that's my birthday and Conroe is always on my birthday weekend. Yep. Yep. Is it January yet? Not yet. I want the cold. I want to be halfway done oh, with school so here. Ready. It's like a hundred and fuck you degrees outside still. Well, it wasn't bad this morning or like right now. Oh, we have a cold snap coming. It's going to be 94. Uh, tomorrow's has 90, bro. What? Yeah, because it's supposed to rain all day. I don't know if you know, but it's like five minutes away from raining outside here right now. Oh, it's been thundering all afternoon. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not going to rain here. It's going to clear up right before it gets here and then rain on the other side of us. Look, all I know is my knee has hurt for the last 24 hours. Me so too. there's so, going to be rain somewhere. Me too. I woke up this by. morning and could barely walk. I was like, what the but hell is wrong with me? because you're out of shape. Well, there's that. No, no, no. This is that's every day. This This is is different pain. Like this is the it's raining or it's really cold outside. Sean Gray said it rained in Brian today. He posted a video. There was a video of of the the kids kids, outside the the herp shop playing in the playing in the rain. Because kids forgot what it looked like. It almost feels like you know how there's those things. The green kids. I don't know if you noticed that. It almost feel like there's those things that kids uh, never get to see. Like kids don't understand phones that hang on the wall anymore. I almost feel like kids don't understand what rain is anymore because they just haven't seen it. Yeah, because like Violet and Henry were out there dancing in it, and Lily, you could tell she'd been in it, but she was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, DGB Exotic says, I'm hoping to learn more about LED UV lights. Any chance that will be discussed tonight? Uh, yes, as soon as our guest shows up. Sean said um, Caitlin was playing in it, too. Of course she was. She's 12. Because Caitlin's 12 years old. Yeah, that's... You, uh, I play you, in the rain all the you time. Hire, you hire 12-year-olds. I don't know what to tell you. Actually, Kaylin. Just turned 21. Just turned 21 this Saturday. Oh, she turned 13. Got it. She's 13. <laughs> She's now a teenager. Oh, uh, man. I'm assuming our guest is alive. I hope we're... Yeah. Get I hope everybody's okay. This hey. We're, we're never, this, this, this is all Katie's Bless fault. Bless her heart. And I, we were so excited to get her. This is all Katie's fault. She set up this guest. Oh, you know who Hay is? Who? It's Bull. Oh, his birthday was yesterday. Yesterday. He's a new daddy too. Yeah. That's fucking weird. 
<laughs> that Dakota is someone's responsible for another human life. They're so <laughs> precious together. There will be a together. small child when it looks up at him and goes, Daddy? And he's got to say, yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're so precious. Oh, yeah. Look at his profile photo. Sweet for anybody, anybody that doesn't know Jeez. Bull, you need to go back. I don't know. She it's looks just be- like her daddy. It's got to be a year ago or so when we had him on. It was Pearland. It was the first Pearland show, so almost a year ago. So yeah. you got to find the Pearland interviews and find Bull. And we talked about the uh, white trash gene. Mm-hmm. And I I, I, we talked about barely anything. Like it was just, I don't know, that whole conversation was not reptile related, I don't think, except for the white trash gene. Um, this weekend we were at Conroe. Oh my God, Saturday. Saturday I don't, was I do not get paid enough to deal with all the drama and bullshit that happened this weekend. And God bless it. Sean and Lori do not make enough money to deal with that much drama Saturday. and bullshit well, either. I f- so we started oh. off with ambulance having to come and fire truck because, of, because a of a vendor stabbed himself in the hand with a knife. A knife. He's a doing knife. great. He was cutting some straps off of a box and it slipped and went right into the meat of his hand. Cut away from yourself, people. Douglas Ray White went back there and basically grabbed uh, his arm and like used his hand as a tourniquet and was covered in his blood. Blood. Um, and then we had some thieve, thieving thieves. There were some uh, kids. We talked about this on our. We did this interview this weekend. I mean, they're kids, but they're grown ass adults. Oh no, no, no! But we talked about this on our interviews that we did this weekend, which will come out later this month, most likely. So you'll hear it again. But yeah, there were some. Uh, when I say kids, I mean 19, 20 year old mm-hmm. um, idiots that were stealing and got caught. One, the girl got caught by a vendor. Ran, um, ran, dropped snakes along the way. Stepped on one of them. Left. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was a corn, little baby corn snake. It was in a deli cup. She stepped on the deli cup. Deli cup was crushed. Snake was not. Uh, then she left her phone. And so then the cops took her phone and uh, found that her emergency contact was her mom. And so <laughs> she got a call from the cops. The mom did. About her kid and had to come back up and she had to come back up and face the music. <laughs> And some of the some of the other animals got returned by some of the other yeah because we didn't know about the the boys I guess yeah there were several boys she gave them up and they ended up bringing at least I know one hog nose back though on Sunday well and one guy from I heard <coughs> didn't come back he sent another friend who wasn't yeah. involved at all yeah to bring the animal back I guess he was afraid if he showed up with it they would arrest him uh, so there was that and then there was another customer who like got scratched by a lizard or something and was uh, bleeding uh, oh I know another vendor of one of the Lobby vendors cut themselves. I mean, that's what it is. That's what what it was. Yeah. Um, that one I didn't hear any specifics on. It was a crazy Saturday, and it was a good Saturday. You had a good Saturday. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, load up was pretty easy. It was good for the way the economy has been. Yes. This year. Yes. Um. You know who didn't have good weekends? We were slammed Ball, at the Ball Python people. Max Hicks did not have a good weekend. Oh, God. Our buddy Max. Well, he made a post about it in the I Love Conroe group today, and the amount of people are like, that's not theft if he found it. It's like, Are hey, you fucking a, kidding me? It's got a driver's license in it. Yeah. So look, it I, obviously belonged to someone. I yeah. found $35 on the floor at Conroe. That's not theft. No one can prove it's their $35. I couldn't find an owner because he right. can't be like, yeah, it's got dead presidents on it. They can't. That's right. Not his Max dropped his wallet in a parking lot at the gas station, and he got the video footage from the gas station. It's in the middle of the parking lot. The guy walks up, sees it, looks at it, walks back to his truck, hides it in his truck, and then goes in to do all his purchasing or whatever he's got to do. Because it had a bunch of cash in it. It had a bunch of cash in it, and it was money for his father. Yeah. His father's going through some rough health problems. Max is trying to help his dad out. Um, God, I felt so bad for Max this, this weekend. So yeah. go give him some views over on Max Wildlife Photographer. Photography. I should probably know that. It's on YouTube. Search him. He's on there. Um, go give him some views, and he'll have some cool videos. We, we interviewed him this weekend. 
We talked about his trip to Komodo, where he got to see dragons. I'm looking at his post now. He posted a bunch of pictures from Japan, and he posted the bidet controls in the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, they have, like, music controls and stuff. And I'm, Wait, it, it, I, that sounds amazing. Can, can, like, they, can all, the bidet play my asshole like a flute? All the things that has stop, rear, front, privacy. I guess that's the music. Oh, you can adjust the pressure and the volume of water. That's the wand wait, wait, cleaner, wait. not your wand. The volume not of water, the amount, the amount, not the, the volume, the size oh. of the stream. I'm like, where this the fuck does water sure make noise? I'm wow. so confused. Oh, somebody would turn this volume on this water down. Matt Max posted a screenshot. I guess he was in there so long. Somebody, one of them, texted him. Are you okay? And he was like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just really enjoying that today. Um, wow, that's way better than the one I have. Uh, but we did some good interviews this weekend. Robert didn't get still on one of, the, of our first one. Rachel did. Our first oh, was, that was such a good one. I know. It was Tom Harbin. Tom I knew it would Piles. be, but he uh, wanted Rachel. Uh, we're going to have him on again. Uh, yeah, we need to do a full episode with Tom. Yeah, we need to have him on. It's He's awesome. Uh, if that, you don't know Tom, Tom lives in Alabama. Yep. He well, uh, Ironically, he lives like 20 minutes from our college town in Alabama. Yep. Uh, he's was a mobile native. He's a veterinarian. Yep. He produces some... I mean, they're ball pythons. Hog noses. And hog noses. His he, hog noses are Those solar, ridiculous. whatever, flare, yes. whatever. Oh, my God. And he is the nicest person you've ever met. In Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Have we ever interviewed Jim Sargent? I've tried. No. I've tried he, he's a very private individual, and he would prefer not to have an interview out there with him on it. I understand. Yeah. But he does make some amazing animals. Yes. But he's f- wonderful to sit and talk to. I, I found that. out that he likes to hunt. He and I talked about hunting oh, really? for a long time Sunday morning. Jim, so, so Jim Sargent is one of those in the hobby, you know, there's, there's animals in the hobby where like certain animals, we talk about all the time, you go to that person. If it's blackheaded pythons, there's two people I think of, and it's either Jim Sargent or Jason Hood, who's in Florida. And those are the only two blackheaded pythons. Like, I know there's other people out there that breed them, but those are the only ones. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim Sargent makes some of the prettiest blackheaded pythons. And then he has seen. the exanthic blackheads that are, I know you're not a fan, no, but the Swiss line ones he has. Oh, they are amazing. And then again, I'm not a ball python person. Everyone knows that. But those ultramels. His ultramels look better than any other ultramel I've ever seen. Yeah. Yes. (coughs) But yeah, Ryan Young makes a lot of a lot of pythons. Like he's not like Jim focuses on on blackheads. Ryan is just good at like if it's a python, he can breed it. Um That is uh Kyle Phillips. Phillips, yeah. Uh, but Ryan does, if it's an Australian Python, he can read the show that or Indo Pacific, I guess. Oh, anyways, at some point, um, our guest will probably show up. You, you got some new snakes this weekend. Yeah. We're not gonna talk about that. (laughs) I got a new spider. That is true. And she almost lost it the same day. I I, I wasn't going to lose it. He's just really fast. Uh, like really fast and i wasn't expecting him to be well the good thing about them is if it gets away it's not like it's an invasive species yeah i mean yeah but this one is captive bred though that's kind of cool did you get it who'd you get it from i got it from ian okay i figured he gave me a good deal on it because it's from my classroom it's a regal i got a regal jumping spider and his name is henry henry huh yep henry named after henry grant or henry the eighth that's funny I didn't even think about henry Grant. i have a snake named grant because john gave it to me that's so cute that bull snake I have cool. a student in, my, in one of my classes who's wanting a jumping spider for her birthday. And so I put his cage on the desk behind my desk and I didn't tell anybody about it today. And she, when she was at my small group table back there today, 
one of the kids was like, are those more crickets? Is that where you put like one of the other animals to eat? And I was like, no, we'll talk about that later. And I just like totally ignored it. And she cut her eyes over it and her eyes got as big as dinner plates. And she goes, I think I know what's in that cage. And I was like, we'll talk about it later. It'll be okay. And she was like shaking. She was so excited. Not going to lie. I totally got it because I knew she was going to be able to get one this weekend at Conroe because her parents couldn't take her. So it's probably going to be January before she's able to get one. She's the, t- the whole reason I got a jumping spider for my classroom. I got, I'll admit it. I got money this weekend. You did use old snakes. I was so excited. I did. Maybe wants to... Uh... There's still more. Well, I've got them. Or if you're in the Bryan College, you can go check out the Herb Triptile Shop, and there's some there. And now James has more snakes as of right now. I did. My, so I've mentioned on here again, my Rosie Boa has been pregnant for, I don't know. She's, she's like three weeks five, late. Five years. She's like uh, the chick from Family Guy, the neighbor who was pregnant for like six seasons. <laughs> uh, but she finally had, had three, a whole giant whopping three babies which is 50 percent more than she's ever had before well it was three babies and an infertile and so an infertile. there's the so possibility yeah like we doubled what we yeah. normally get yeah so she normally only gives me two so i got three little baby mexican rosies hold on <clears throat> excuse me okay so our, our, our guest has finally answered the hopefully we'll be here soon bless her heart. <laughs> um but see i got three little babies in there and get them shed and try and get them fed and i've kept the other i have two other ones from this pairing just because every time she's given birth twice for me and every time one died one survived and it was always a one-off and i was like i'll just keep it so that one-off happened twice and i have two mexican rosie bows in there for no reason uh so like no these three babies when they're when they're ready to go they're going um but they're a cool little rosie boa and then i'm trying to think if we have anything else anything else new Anything else happened this weekend? See anything cool this weekend at the show? I, you know what? I barely looked at any animals this weekend. And I normally at least make a yeah. lap around to look at stuff. Like I meant to go like three different times to go look at um, Indigo Black stuff. Uh, by the time yeah. I got over there, he had no more Easterns. Yeah, they were all sold. Yeah. I talked to him Sunday morning. Um, Who we had on last Conroe and talked to Indigos and Dry Marcon and it's awesome stuff. I saw a lot of ball pythons. Um, so many ball pythons. I saw... Does he cool? Some, oh, um, so who was it that got the pair of leucistic Mexican black king snakes? Oh, I missed that. Who bought those? I didn't even I see those. They were cool it. looking. It was MBKs. They were solid white. You know? Me. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, it was I'm cool. Like, me. I don't like it. The, the coolest snake I saw, let me rephrase this. The coolest snake I saw that I would not own. Uh, was it our our friend um, Brittany Reed's table? The garters. She had those garters that looked fucking amazing. I don't forget what type they were, but they were green and blue. Yeah. And but it was like a dark, really pretty green, bright blue bellies. But they're garter snakes, and I just don't want to feed fish to stuff and have to deal with garter snakes being garter snakes. But they were pretty. I need them to be like corn snake, but in that color. Somewhere. Sorry. Somewhere today. Over the rainbow. I saw a post where the Texas Sea Center has, or Texas Sea Turtle Rescue, maybe. Somebody posted, like, a wish list for their facility. I can't seem to find it. Paper towels is always on anybody's wish list for any facility. Um, Reptilandia posted a new video today. Or did they? I haven't watched it. Yeah, they posted it about an hour ago, but I haven't. Why am I not get? I don't get updates. My friend that works there was at the show on Sunday. I got invited to, like, two Halloween parties. Me too. 
Probably the same ones. I probably didn't the same ones I got. Probably, probably, but I have. Nobody loves you, James. They love me more. We have an event that weekend. That's fine with me. I don't care. Whatever. I have Joe that weekend. Like she has like seventeen things on our schedule. But we have, um, we have our uh, festival, a two day festival up in Livingston. Oh, that's right. And isn't the Saturday? Yeah. World Snake Day. Do these? Yeah. These oh, are, that Saturday are, is Reptile Day. God, one more thing on that day. These enclosures are just massive. <clears throat> Which ones? Just looking at the video, the little TikTok they posted from Reptilandia. And they're just... Every enclosure, when it pops up, I'm like, that's insane that it's that big. That's Dakota that says he loves you, James. Somebody's I, got see, to. I know Bull does. He loves Joe more. Don't even play. No. He tolerates <laughs> Joe. Just like the rest of us do. Whatever. I need to message Douglas Ray White and get him uh, get him in the chat with Bull in here. Old Douglas Ray White. <clears throat> I got Doug in trouble. Well, Doug got himself in trouble. I just I just reignited it a little bit at dinner Saturday night. <laughs> he uh he wasn't behaving himself apparently, and I made sure Tasha thought about it at dinner. So I'm totally gonna jump ahead of what we normally do, and I'm totally stealing James's Go ahead. gig here. Um, so I saw twice this article don't eat grass that has carbon python poop on it mm-hmm. did you actually read the article when you shared mm-hmm. it can you tell me what that's about because i didn't read the article uh this lady had she started getting like really bad headaches and all kinds of other symptoms and they finally found a uh, worm in her brain oh my god and they removed it and sent it off to somebody that's an expert on brain worms and they were like wow that's from this specific species of carpet python and she's like oh yeah i'm a forager I eat things, I eat grass out of my yard or some shit, and um, she got a brain worm from it. So the, the the lesson there is don't eat grass or salads or any of that nasty shit. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. Cake <clears throat> doesn't try to kill you. Right. I mean, it does, just in a different <laughs> way. Cake has never tried to kill me. Cake and I have a very good relationship. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's trying to kill you. Nope. <laughs> it's not cake that does it. It's, it's everything sugar else. sugar in the cake? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, that was crazy. You posted it, and maybe Travis posted Two people have posted it in our oh, discussion really? group. Um, and then Nathan Holcomb posted this amazing... Mm-hmm. Well, dusky pygmy. The rag pygmy, and it was gorgeous. I mean, the colors don't even look real. Uh, <clears throat> so, I don't... Do you, I know, do you ever play games on your phone, Robert? I mean, I play solitaire. I didn't know if you did or not. We... So we've discovered it's Travis. Travis posted this a couple weeks uh, ago, and I've already messaged Travis multiple times to tell him I don't appreciate how dumb this game makes me feel. Like my, my kid is significantly what's, what's it better. It's Metazoa. 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 We talked about it last week, I think. Yes. On the podcast. So James is insanely good at this game, and they, they screwed me over the other day. So it's past the prime of this. So you, you start off, you have to guess an animal. And then they give you like suborders and orders and families, and you're trying to work your way down to figure out what animal it is through all of that, through the classification. The one the other day, though, I guessed every fucking bird on earth until finally I had to look up on Wikipedia that group because it said finches, and I guessed every version of a finch I could think of. And I looked up, looked up on Wikipedia, I was like, canaries are also in that group. Canary? And that was the right answer. I was like, oh, shit. Jeez. Yeah. So I messaged Travis. I said, I'm the worst person in my house to play this game. And he's like, I mean, the pictures that put up clues after each guest could help you figure it out. And I'm like, not if you don't know what the damn words mean. Do you know how much shit I've had to Google? And I'm not even Googling like examples that fall in the category, which would totally make my life easier. But I don't like to cheat. But I do have to Google and look up like 
a better explanation than what the game is giving me because the game is like placental mammals that have two <laughs> uneven undulate toes or whatever the fuck it says. It's artiodactyla. They have whatever. It's two, hard. Two or it's four. hard. And I'm not good at it, but I refuse no, the to be the only the one that night. gets we're to play. We're sitting in the hotel in Conroe and we're trying to figure it out. I'd already played it in case they're trying to figure out what it is. I only have like three guesses left out of Joe 20. Joe got it in like three guesses total. I was like, you bitch. I was so, I was like, I hate, I hate this game now. So now the three of us have a group chat, me, Joe, and James. And that's literally all we do is share yeah, if, every if day when we play that Wordle game. If Wordle or any of that stuff, like a daily stuff, go, go find the MetaZua app. It's a website. It's MetaZua, M-E-T-A-Z-O-O-A.com. And play it every day. Just- and it's a fun thing. You learn some different things about animals. Huh. The only thing I don't like is so like Wordle starts over at midnight. Yeah. I this think, one is on a weird time zone. Like yeah, it doesn't start it over. I don't know if it's like 24, eight or nine I don't o'clock. know if it's 24 hours after you've done it or if it starts over at like, like 7 PM or something. I don't know. I don't it's, know. But it is weird. For so that. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sure. Uh, I sent it to you today, but remember about a year, well, a year ago today that, Dr. Green was talking about the mama bike that he was working on, but never said any names or anything. Turns out it was somebody we all know. Oh, really? Um, yeah, Johnny Rosenbaum from um, oh. Pets of Plenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, he uh, was bagging up the black mamba. It was they were was leaving. They were selling. They sold it, and he's been dealing with that snake for like 13 years, and it got him on the arm. Oh, and uh, he immediately called Dr. Green, and Dr. Green said, "Have someone drive you here now." He's in Hockley. And that's, you know, it's, it's an hour drive. They made it in 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, he was intubated and everything, but he was recovered in a couple of days. I'm Crazy. reading all the comments. Um, so, cause there's a paramedic on here saying that you should have called EMS and we could have done this. And Dr. Green's like, yeah, I told him not to. Oh, <clears throat> because they well, they would have taken him. They wouldn't have taken him all the way to Kingwood. Yeah. EMS wouldn't have. They would have taken him to the nearest hospital. And we that's also, not what they needed. Well, we also forgot on Saturday, a dog possibly got bit by a venomous snake. Not from yeah, the that, that, Or a spider bite. Or something else. Or a spider bite or something. Like, there was some, one of the Avengers had the dog walking outside. <clears throat> and then they got very, very sick. And they had to go rush the dog to. The dog's off leash because yeah. they run around. The dog got rushed to the vet. And uh, like 6500 bucks later. Um, they still don't really know. They don't know. They think it may have got stung or bitten by something. It uh, had to get plasma and everything. Yeah. It was very scary for a while there. We did not think that so it was That was, that was make also it. on our Saturday. God. So I think I knew you're there right. was something else when we were trying to think earlier. I think it starts over at 7 30, at 7 p.m. because it just, like, I just pulled it up and it says a new game will start in 23 hours and 34 minutes. What's it called minutes. again? MetaZua. Oh, have you played today's? Meta-Zua. No, I haven't. Well, it just started 30 minutes ago. So, no, I haven't done it today. Okay, I haven't played today's. I'm going to text it to you, Robert. MetaZua. for taxonomy geeks. It's fun. Is it an app? No, no it's just a website like Wordle is. You've never played Wordle, but. Never played Wordle. Well, Wordle has an app. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, I've, never, I've never used the app. Yeah, I haven't either. I just mm-hmm. use the website. Logan would probably love this. I'm telling you. Yeah, MetaZua. Yes. I'm going to text it to Logan. It's, it's fun. I mean, if you know what you're doing, Katie. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> I have figured out every single one and I've only had to use a hint once. I had to use a hint last night. But I Google a lot of the I'll, words that I don't know. <laughs> Darren said 6500 bucks. That dog would have been horse food. <laughs> oh, I think you mean the horse would be dog food? I don't know. No. I, they, they love Yeah, them. I get what he's saying, but that still doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, what are y'all feeding horses up there? <laughs> yeah. Because Darren lives in a place where 
They got to get rid of bodies. But normally you would use pigs for that, I thought. Apparently got some fucked up horses up there. Yeah. That's funny. Damn. Uh, Man, I just can't. I really, I looked at like almost no animals this weekend. I want to be like, oh, I saw this. I saw that. But, oh, oh, I see. I see our guest. Hey. <laughs> I, I'm going to bring our guest in before she gets out of here, before she finds another reason to run away. Our guest tonight is Erica McVeigh from Tech Products. <laughs> oh, let me turn up her volume. She has no volume. She's just sitting there in silence. There she is. That's okay. At least I'm here. You are yes. here. Yes. How's it going? Oh my god. We <laughs> I I didn't say anything because I didn't know what you wanted to share. I so everybody's good. Oh. Yeah, no, first time I missed was because I had horrible migraines. Everybody knows I have horrible migraines and neuralgia. Mm -hmm. That's like open for the public. Second time I missed was yesterday, and that's because my daughter, Adelise, um, who a lot of people have met, was attacked by a Siberian husky and had to be taken to the emergency room for puncture marks and or yeah. puncture wounds and lacerations. So we were there for five hours, but fortunately her chest x-rays look good. Yay. Um, all her uh, cartilage looks good. Her bones look good. Um, yeah, those puncture, puncture wounds were, were wicked. Yeah, they're deep. Um, but we opted instead of, we had the choice of suturing or keep just doing steri-strips, and we opted to do steri-strips. So that if something does become infected from the mouth, that we can let it drain um, yeah. rather than having it, you know, encapsulate and then become an abscess that we have to deal with later on. Absolutely. So, That's a great, great idea. I'm glad they gave you that option. Yeah, it was really nice. Actually, um, the doctor we had fortunately happened to be a doctor that used to work for the SWAT team in the military. Oh. So he was used to like trauma and like dog bites and things like that. So he's like, yeah, let's do this. And they did a really cool thing. And they offered her, even though she's nine, they're like, well, this is a new thing that we do for SWAT members and also for the military is we give them uh, benzodiazepine. So, um, Valium. And what we do is you give them Valium the day of the traumatic event. And then that way, when they go to sleep, it prevents the, um, it disrupts the memory processing. So it doesn't transition from short term to long term as a traumatic event. Hmm. So it still transitions. Like she's still going to remember it, but the impact of the trauma isn't as profound. And damned if it didn't work. She didn't have any nightmares last night or anything. This morning she woke up and was wrestling with our dogs. So, you know, it seemed to work really well. Well, shit, I was having anxiety just going for a damn so walk last night. So we went for a walk night. last night and we had multiple dogs loose in the neighborhood. Which that we ran into. has never happened to us before. And I was I was ready to kill a dog though. So I was I, did, did did Ryan kill a dog yesterday? Uh, no, he did not kill the dog, although uh, he was very frustrated with the dog's owners because they Rightfully were a little so. bit difficult. So we're working on that. Yeah. And we're going to see if we can, you know, 
calm that down a little bit. We're hoping that it was just they were super surprised at what happened. And it was all of that just took them by surprise. And going forward, it'll be a little bit easier to have the conversation with them. But yeah, initially it wasn't super smooth. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, no, we so we mess we heard from you. And so we ended up going for our walk a little earlier than we normally do. And he walks with a stick anyways, but there were two different occasions and dogs were like coming off of their porches and well, into the road well, where the we walked. The one was a little dachshund. That dachshund was like wanting to come after us. And the woman comes out telling it, no, come in. She, he's, he's just playing. He's just playing. I'm thinking, and then she's like, he won't hurt you. And I'm thinking, oh no, I know he won't hurt me because I'll kill him before he has a chance to. Yeah, it was. I'm like, and then, so she takes him and then we continue on our walk and then we come back and walk him around again. And there it is again in the yard, barking at us again. I'm like, I was like, I'm done. I'm going home. Like, you want your dog to this die? Walk. Well, like, we had some people move in across the street from us I don't know, about three or four months ago, and he hangs out in his garage a lot, and he has a big, black, That's a big, big old big black old dog. Black. He just lets it run around. Uh-uh. Now yeah. it listens to him, but if he's not paying attention, it's in my yard. It shits in my yard all the time. Uh, well, it did. I put a motion activated sprinkler out there and sprayed its <laughs> ass with hot water about three times <laughs> um, with a black water hose in the sun. Yeah. Um, and he didn't I'm saying Texas is there any other water than hot water right. <laughs> and, uh, not right now and uh, but then now some people moved in next to him and she's this lady sits in her driveway Indian style and talks on the phone for hours on end and lets her dog run around now so our new and neighbor, those two dogs are constantly like at each other our oh, new neighbor Lord. has like four mini English bulldogs <clears throat> that he's got getting a little better but he still lets them like wander in our, our yard and shit I'm like no, no, no. It has stopped since I uh, called him out for we were, it. We were doing our walk one night, and the dog was shitting in our yard as we were walking as by. As we're making the, the loop house. past our house. And she goes, I've got bags to clean that up if you need them. And they kept walking. <laughs> I never broke stride. It was absolutely beautiful. But they shit on the side of the yard where James parks his truck, and he has stepped in it. Yeah, right. And I'm fun. like, no, we're done with this. We, we got to have this done. Yeah, so. No. Danielle, she's a dog trainer. Yeah. Um, she said that dog needs needs evaluated by a qualified professional trainer or behaviorist. Uh, did y'all already read this and I wasn't paying attention? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. I'd be stunned if there were no indicators that it was capable of that kind of violence. There are always signs. So, <laughs> there were. It turns out that this dog is well known by the family to be aggressive. Oh. Uh, oh. Yes. Towards children. Uh, uh, so they usually have it kenneled or locked up and they just never told it. <laughs> um, so we did file a police report and so sorry. Um, all that good stuff. So we'll figure out what that's going to go where that's going to go with it. Um, but yeah, it could have been so much worse. So we're grateful that it wasn't worse. And, you know, but it's amazing, like, what happens with it. I remember walking when I had dachshunds, I was walking my dachshund, and some beagle mix jumped the fence and attacked me and my dachshund. And my dachshund actually, you know, Stood its ground and fought. It was a standard dachshund. Like, it wasn't a big oh, yeah. dog. Those are, those, no, uh, but standard dachshunds are a lot bigger than what and they're people tough. think. And they are. Yeah. They are well, they're made to hunt. Yeah, it yeah. stood its ground and it's like, yeah. nope, that's my mom. That's and it right. stood its ground and it fought that dog off until I got away. And then it hightailed it. <laughs> um, but 
it's amazing. But I would like to point out that I've been attacked by three dogs. I've been chased down by multiple dogs. Jeez. We've had multiple dogs loose in our neighborhood that, you know, antagonize our dogs. Erica, it may be time for you to start to carry. But... (laughs) I've never been chased by a water moccasin. I, was just I've never, like, I bet she's never been chased by a snake before. <laughs> I've never been chased by a tegu or anything like that. Well, unless like I'm like sitting there like you know trying to do enrichment with it. Well, like, I've, come on, I've been chased by. Boy. I've been chased by a crocodile. Does that count? I have been chased by crocodiles. <laughs> okay, but. Usually, if you're chased by a crocodile, you're in the territory. Yeah, I definitely was. And there's a reason for it. Like, it's not just a, I'm going to have the fence and, like, you know, mess your day up because you happen to be walking a dog. Like, there's a reason for it. So, it's interesting. And I know that there are people who say, like, there are reasons that the dogs do this. But what's frustrating is when... um. Because, like, when my daughter came home that she got attacked by a dog. Because we have a lot of coyotes where we are. And it never crossed my mind once that she got attacked by a coyote. And even though I knew where she was and stuff, I never crossed my mind that she got attacked by a coyote. Because my kids were all raised knowing what to do with a coyote if one approaches them. You know, they just stand up tall. They get big. They get loud. They stand their ground. They never turn their back and they always back off. Like they know what to do with it. They stand together, all that stuff with a dog. That's not an option. Mm -hmm. Like it depends on the dog. Like dogs are like, "Mm, Nope, you're still going to be fair game. You turn around, you're fair game. You're standing there. You're fair game. Like it depends Mm -hmm. on like what, and Danielle might have something to say to this, like, but there's different triggers for them. And so that was really unnerving that this happened and we have so many that are just kind of loose. And I'm like, what is that Hello? foreign sound? I know, right? We just heard it's thundering here Sorry, and it hasn't rained like here in months. And we won't oh my rain. God. It might All fill the future. Like, oh um, so my cousin was killed by his brother's dogs. Uh, oh my god! Four years ago on my birthday, so four years March nineteen, March fourteenth, twenty nineteen. Now he was in his fifties. He was a, a very, you know, strong. He owned a tree trimming service, so I mean, the guy worked physical work every day. They lived in like a little compound, like a family compound, multiple houses on the property. <clears throat> and he was walking up to get his to get the mail, and his brother had these. Uh, they were cur mixes. Oh. Apparently one of them went after Jimmy and when the other one saw it, the pack mentality took over and they managed to drag him down and, and I mean, they killed him. He, he, uh, that's crazy. I can't imagine, uh, how horrible that had to be, but those dogs had been that those dogs had, uh, had attacked, had gone after him before. And his brother's kind of the black sheep of the family. He's a piece of shit. Um, he had been warned numerous times, you know, you need to put those dogs. And that was probably the only time Jimmy wasn't carrying a gun on him too. Uh, now, mind you, when I say compound, it's, probably wouldn't have had a chance to even have gotten off a right, part. A right. And, uh, like he was barefoot because Jimmy never wore shoes. Yeah. Um, he was barefoot and they, they actually got his Achilles on both feet and they grabbed both feet yeah, on the old Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Yeah. 
And uh, oh god! But I came across a pack of dogs. Um, I don't know, probably twenty years ago in the national forest. I had hiked like five miles back into the national forest looking for like pre-scouting before deer season and came across mm-hmm. a pack of dogs, feral dogs. Yeah. No, I'll <clears> take a pack of wild yeah, war, like all day long. pigs. <clears throat> oh, can I swear? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You cannot yeah. fucking swear on this. <laughs> that bullshit daily. will not stand. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a pack of like feral pigs and I'll be like, okay, at least I know what y'all are capable right. of. Give me feral dogs. Nope, I'm not going in that area ever again. These dogs had no if fear. They had no fear of me. They they immediately went into like a, a an aggressive posture, started flanking. I'm assuming you're surrounding scary. me. Oh yeah, and uh, I just started winging off shots at them. Um, I was like, I don't you give a fuck if to. I don't give a fuck if they are somebody's dogs. They shouldn't be way out here in the uh, middle of the national forest. That's that's my whole thing. Like. If your dog is loose point, and something though. like that happens and I kill it, mm-hmm. it's not on me. No. It's on you to keep your dog where they got to be. Nope. They were smart enough that when I started shooting at them, they all ran off. I'll be honest. That little bitty one from last night, like my foot was bigger than it. So it wasn't really that awful. But then when the bigger one came and it wasn't really interested in us as much as it was the dog that was walking away. But the fact that it came out, because I walk, we walk in the middle of the road when we walk because people are parked and blocking sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'm like, no, it came in the road and just, no, I was done. I was done. I was like, nope, go home. My anxiety yep. is too high right now. Well, I was reading the post and I was like, who wrote this? This sounds like Katie's. And I looked, oh, it was it Katie. Yeah. yeah, I was done. I was off for walking because I'd, I'd have beaten the shit out of a dog. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I honestly, like I was talking to Ryan last night. I'm like, you know, there, there is, on, it's on VivTech. I probably shouldn't have followed on VivTech, but I don't care. Um, because it doesn't have anything to do with what we do. Um, but they're, um, it's a guardian dog uh, Instagram or something like that. Like they have guardian dogs and it's just like the day in the life of her guardian dog mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she's got working dogs. Like she's got border collies and stuff like that for flock, you know, maintenance. And then she's got <laughs> guardian dogs um, for the herd. And I'm like, I honestly want that. Like, truly, I honestly want one of those, like, and to have it trained for our children and like a, our other dogs. Like a good Pyrenees or something? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you guys. <clears throat> but, like, it's just, a, it's just a livestock guardian dog, <clears throat> and <clears throat> it does great. Like, it just walks through the goats and the rams and stuff, but, you know... It's on point. Like the moment something goes down, it's on point. And then it comes right back down. Like, but that's, you know, unfortunately, it's getting to the point where it's not everyone's like, oh, the coyotes in our area. It's not the coyotes that I worry no, about. Not at it's all. the German Shepherd and the Husky that are, so great you know, fighting into my yard. And I have Ellie, who's, you know, tiny. And stuff like that, that, like, I can't let her play in my front yard. Yeah, so the, the Pyrenees is the number two of the livestock guardian dog breeds. Um, but the number one is actually the Anatolian, and I may be saying that Anatolian wrong, but, but the right. shepherd dog. Yes, that's um, what it is. Yeah, those are it's, really cool dogs. Like, they don't look it's like right over us. pretty, yeah. Yeah, but no. they're really cool. It's yeah. almost like a mix between <clears throat> the Great Pyrenees. So you've got, like, that shag look to it, but they've got the face that almost looks like a, a massive. massive. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't else? want to touch it because I'm pretty sure it's going to feel like an Irish wolfhound. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know like, it's that weird texture. That dog. There's a <laughs> uh, a place that I've I've done a lot of hunting at out in Bandera, not in Bandera. They're in. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> North of Austin, um, they have they raise sheep in that area, and every pasture has a pair of livestock livestock guardian dogs that. That's just where they live. They live with the sheep. They yep. they they have these automatic feeders out there for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot approach those dogs. They are not they are not pets. Um, nope. You're not going to go scratch one on the head. You're also not nope. going to touch one of the those sheep. Can, but that mm-hmm. is holding right. who's supposed to do it. And yes. if the owners say, yes. "Hey, this person's okay," yes, then you can. Yeah the the guy who owns them, his name is Severin, and Severin can walk out there. And, and, uh, he can walk out there and, you know, get the sheep. Cause you know, they have to shear the sheep every so often and stuff. Well, if I was to go out there, they, those dogs would probably kill me. Danielle says Antolians feel like Pyrenees. Oh. Oh, so they're fluffy like the Pyrenees. That would work then. I don't know if I could do fluffy to be completely honest. It's a lot of hair. It's a lot of hair. <laughs> Douglas Ray White <laughs> says they make a thing that they use at work that makes a really high pitched squeal that they can barely hear, but works good unless the dog can't freaking hear. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So real Doug's quick, a lineman, so he, uh, you know, they deal with dogs a lot. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> real quick, because I got to go get our kid. Um, so I just shared in the discussion group on Facebook the news article this past weekend at the Huntsville State Park here in Texas. There was a Girl Scout event, and a lot of Girl Scouts were swimming in the lake. Why don't we talk about this when you come back? Well, no, because y'all might be talking about other stuff, and so, but. But y'all could talk about it while I'm gone. Um, anyways, so there's a whole bunch of Girl Scouts swimming in the lake, and here comes this massive alligator. Massive? Yeah. I mean, it they said big. 11 foot. I said they spelled eight foot wrong. It's, no, they said 14 foot. 14 foot. That's and what it you was. said they spelled eight foot wrong. And yeah. I'm thinking it may have been 10 looking at the video, but it, I mean, it was not swimming at them to attack by any stretch of the imagination. Um, well, because she made it sound like she was standing right there in front of it, stopping it. So this 11 year old, I mean, there's a video. You can watch the video. Um, but I mean, the 11 year old in the news article said, I was thinking this is the day that I was going to die. Like, oh, good. Well, yeah. and then I'm reading in the other one. There was no doubt in my mind that that alligator was not going to try and eat somebody. Yeah. Little girl so said you that. ask the kid, one kid, and she thinks she's dying because there's an alligator. Because she's been fed that by her parents. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I got to go get our kid. Go get our kid. <laughs> so. I'll be back. Okay. See, now I am convinced, and God help me, I will deny this, but as I say it on YouTube, but <laughs> I am convinced that this is the mentality between an only child and one with multiple siblings. Yeah. The only child will say, I'm convinced I was going to die. Because the parents are like, oh, my baby. James is an only child, like, and, he and he won't go in water that he can't see the bottom of. That's not. That's because there's shit out there that's faster than me. 100% correct, Erica. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I don't go in salt water. Because yeah, that shit's faster. Like and there's sharks. And I'll give a shit. Like, Actually, sharks don't bother me. Sharks yeah. honestly truly don't bother Until me. Until they bite and you. <laughs> I do not like the smell of salt water. And Ryan actually is like, I will challenge you. I will put fresh water and salt water in a bucket and put your foot in it and see if you can tell the difference. Bitch, I can. Mm. <laughs> they definitely like, smell different. They definitely smell different. They feel different. Salt water is so slimy. But I can't say that anything that's got, um, what is it? Uh, 
Pike, not Pike. It's not Musky. Musky. So when I was raised, uh, my dad's an avid fisherman, right? And like he used to come home with like tales of muskies and like these giant fish that'll like eat you. And then like I finally looked one up one time, and they're like terrifying. They're a big scary fish with lots of teeth. (laughs) Like I'm honestly more scared of a muskie than any reptile. I don't know. Have you ever seen a full grown? Have you ever seen a full grown uh, alligator gar? Uh, yes. I actually used to work with alligator gar. Fucking love it. You see that the never had t- a problem at all with alligator gar. They're actually relatively timid. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and very docile. It's but I've never dealt with a muskie. So honestly, it's complete ignorance on my part. And muskie's definitely I, faster. Yeah, it could be like if I ever actually worked with musky, I'd be like, oh, like this is like no big deal. It's like a goldfish. I but a- I don't have that frame of reference. I just know that like alligator gar look scary, but they're not. Yeah. So. I have a friend who is a um, fishing guide on uh, the Trinity River, and he alligator specifically gar, targets yeah. alligator gar, catch and release. You know, he's had Jeremy Wade on norm- like out numerous times. Well, he's got this guy that comes out and fishes with them all the time, and they try to break different IGFA like records, like t- the line weight. So they were trying to break the six pound tackle. Oh, geez! They caught the all tackle record on six pounds. On six pounds, took them <clears throat> forty-five, two hours and forty-five minutes. You just have to wait till it's tired on its own. Just one hundred twenty-eight point three seven kilograms, so two hundred eighty-three pounds. Fuck! It was exactly ten feet long. And the girth and the the lightest spot was four feet around on six pound so, test. Shit, that was like was an air Guys, like just arms and back jello. No, I'm sure. Like, I don't know because he couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't really couldn't, horse on it because he he's using six pound line. Um, so the the previous sure. six pound record was 180 pounds, and he broke it by uh, over 100 pounds. But he he, he this will be the all tackle IGFA largest uh, alligator gar ever caught. That's and, crazy. And officially weighed. I'm I just sure can't that. imagine catching it on a six pound test. It's like you can't pull. And those things are right. nothing but like strength. Yeah. Even just to pull oh, it yeah. up from the bottom when it lays in the bottom. I mean, you it just got to let it run. It weighs 200 something pounds to pull it up off the bottom mm-hmm. with a six pound test. That's. But look at the size of that thing, man. That is insane. Well, that tail is red, almost like an arapaima, like mm-hmm. the red tail. That's crazy. Yep. Oh my God. Those things are so cool. Arapaima. I love those arapaima. are awesome fish. Actually, one of my favorite fish to work with, um, and I got to work with them a lot, was channel catfish. Oh, yeah. So underrated because they're catfish and, like, nobody gives a crap about catfish. And, like, channel catfish um, are just awesome. I don't know. Have you ever seen a big flathead catfish? Yeah, they're giant. They're big. They're just, like, like, they don't do anything, but they will eat everything. They're just meaty sons of guns and um at the nature center i worked at one of them it was an adult and it was like decades old and it passed away unfortunately as eventually animals do pass away and we're like okay well we need to do something with this animal and like we didn't want to mount it so we ended up having to load it onto I think one of like the four by fours or something and like actually drive it out 
And it took the animals in the forest like two and a half weeks to actually like devour it. <laughs> wow. Like, that's how big this thing was. It was just massive. But you know, like every raccoon's walking around like this by the end of it. <laughs> no, big catfish are cool with the big blue cats, but flatheads are the ones that scare me. Because flatheads, unlike channels and, and blue cats, flatheads are predators. Mm-hmm. Like channels and blue cats will, will eat stuff if it gets near their mouth and they'll swallow it, but they'll pretty much scra- scavenge. But like flatheads, massive predators. My dad, we were fishing for bass once in the river, and he thought he caught the biggest bass on earth. And by the time he got up to the boat, he's fishing with a worm. With a rubber worm, gets it up to the boat. This kayak, it's like a twenty-something pound flathead. That as soon you as it got a flathead with a rubber worm. Yes, uh, must have just been bouncing it off the bottom and, and it, it fell right. It. Oh, hey! And he got, said he got it up to the boat, and he didn't know what the hell it was at first because he knew it wasn't a bass, and it was like a twenty-something pound flathead. Uh, and then luckily, it, I like, just want to know how hungry this flathead was. Where he's like, oh yeah, like that little worm looks <laughs> really good. Yeah. So. I was on a boat with uh, my buddy who's a, he's a professional. He fishes for the army. Uh, well, I guess he's back on the army redfish team, uh, but he had moved up to Minnesota where he's from and was on the bass team. I, he's back down here. Anyway, we were fishing. Um, where were we at? We were in Matagorda Bay and there'd been a lot of rain. And uh, even if the water is fresh below a certain point, it's considered salt water. Yeah. You know, they have to have that, that, line the delineation oh, for, for the get, laws. Oh, you get like the brackish water? Yeah, but so like for the game laws, you have to have that delineation so that certain wa- certain rules apply in salt water and certain rules apply in fresh water. And so is it just like a two-box system, like salt water, fresh water? Pretty much, like- pretty much yeah. Okay. So we were fishing for redfish and uh, uh, using Berkeley gulps yeah. under a popping cork. And he hooks up and thinks he's got a pretty good redfish and he got it in. It was a channel cat. So he put it on his, he weighed it and he's like, that's pretty big. It was like, I don't remember, nine pounds or something. So he looked it up. The The state record for a channel cat in saltwater was only like three pounds. <laughs> so we took it in and had it officially weighed and everything. And he, he got the certificate and all that from the IGFA. So that's tricky. You just got to go after a heavy rain so yep. that all that fresh water. <laughs> so he caught there. the largest channel cat in saltwater. Nice. Yeah. It just And it's only nine. What's crazy is it's yeah. only nine pounds. Yeah. Because like in fresh water, it's like 90 pounds. Right. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty interesting. That's crazy. Um, but my, I'm just thinking, my husband's going to be li- listening to this podcast going, what the hell? I don't go on there. And then you talk about fishing. Right. Like- <laughs> I love fishing. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, air breathing fish because uh, they're all, they all tend to be prehistoric. So that's why I love gar, um, yeah, air, arapaima. Uh, and then my favorite and I think the most underappreciated fish that we have in the United States is the bowfin. I think the bowfin yes! is the coolest freaking fish. And if you're someone who likes to fish, it's by far the best fish to catch. They fight like crazy. They're like crazy strong. They get really big, mouth full of teeth, uh-huh. and they can live in pretty much anything. They We found them when – okay. So we went herping – I don't know the fuck we were herping. We like he herp all over the place. But anyway, so we were herping along the Mississippi, and the Mississippi had like super flooded, like massive flooded. People lost farms. It was like way super inland where it wasn't supposed to be. You know, unlike now where it's like dry as day. Like it looks like a trickle. But it was like super done. And so we took the nets out. 
And we went, like, mucking around out there because we are like, okay, well, let's see what we can find. And we found a baby bowfin. Oh, that's cool. Inland. And it was, like, the coolest thing because we found this fish. And we're all staring at it like, what are you? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Ryan goes, holy shit, it's a bowfin. <laughs> <laughs> it draws me nuts. He's like, do we keep it? I'm like, no, put it back. <laughs> it drives me nuts to see like fishing pages, like uh, sportsman pages, like Facebook pages down here, and see what groups and see people post uh, calling them trash fish. I'm like, fuck you. If you're thinking trash, then you don't like catching fish because well, their, their like, standard is eating them. I've caught like 12 pound bowfin, and that shit will pull. Like, if you're in a kayak, mm-hmm. will pull you around like Take crazy. It on the Texas sleigh ride, and they they straighten hooks out. You have to use super thick hooks for those guys because they have no problem just straightening the hook out. And the hook set on that, you have to do one of those like professional fisherman fisherman hook sets where you just like rip it through every part of there. And did uh, I do that with like crappie? <laughs> just the crappie just flying through yeah, the air. You know, whatever. My dad and I went one day, and we I don't know how many bowfin we caught in one day, but it was probably one of the best days we've ever had fishing. Um, it was a, like a black water like swamp, and so all the bass there are pretty stunted. They're pretty small, but the bowfin in there are like ten plus pounds, um, and they are amazing they're, they're probably to me the best fighting freshwater fish and i'd put them close there with catching like a redfish wow. in that same size like obviously a big bull red well i mean those things are strong but sure they're great uh <laughs> thanks darren you were listening to the part where we were shitting on dogs earlier apparently <laughs> <laughs> poor darren but Anyways, that's that's our, that's, our, that's the uh, fishing part of the talking about podcast. I, don't, I do know uh, for anybody that wants to eat bowfin, I've been told you have to bleed them immediately. I believe that uh, if you catch them, you have to bleed them immediately, or else that meat gets pretty freaking gross. And then, I wonder why you have to bleed them immediately. And, it's like snapping turtle, where you have to. I think the blood the blood does something start. to the meat, um, and if you okay. don't cook it, they, like it doesn't. They don't freeze yeah, well. You don't want to freeze them even and, in water, and you got to bleed them. Yeah, keep them alive and then bleed them right, right. Don't let them sit dead, like you can with other fish. So, like a lot of mackerel, a lot of mackerel species are like that, like king mackerel, yeah, kingfish. Um, they don't, they don't. You gotta, you gotta. They're real oily, oily. You gotta, free, you gotta bleed them. But we, they have a like a brown thing of almost like a tenderloin all the way down of really pretty white meat. We cut that out, yeah, because that you can freeze. Call them garballs. I mean, not garball. We do a gar too. But, yeah, we do a gar. But yeah. with uh, kingfish balls. Yeah, and uh, well, and that's the only kind of fish Rachel eat. And both in there, they're an ancient fish, so like they are definitely different than if you're used to like bass or something mm-hmm. like that. Newer fish, I say newer. Yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely uh, going to be a little bit different. But I really do wonder about the, you know, what's in the, why the blood. So I wonder if it has something to do with uh, their lymphatic system or something like that because they are an ancient fish. If it just kind of like, and then just kind of like starts backslushing or something. It's kind yeah. of interesting. Um, Cause I know that I've been told with different turtle species and things like that, like you have to immediately, you know, start like the whole process of like, you know, desalinating it, like brining it basically. Yeah. Like, you know, brackish water, fresh water, brackish water, fresh water, brackish water, flash water. Um, so I'm kind of curious. I imagine with alligator or snapping turtles, like I imagine their meat is weird. Just ain't, I mean, I've dealt with them. They're big old flabby turtles. and So I, 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 the cages all say that. Like, 
came from the swamp. So you have to actually clean that out. Yeah. Or you are going to I mean, taste. They, they smell bad a lot. Well, the cages say they have seven different flavors of meat in a turtle. You know, so I've always heard that yeah. my whole life growing up. And like seven different consistencies. You know, my, my buddy Cody, he's, you know, from Iowa. He's. You know, yeah, know, three. Iowa is a part of Louisiana that's spelled like Iowa. Yeah. But like with everything else in Louisiana, it's not fucking pronounced the way you think it is. Right. And it's uh, Iowa. It's Iowa. And uh, yeah, because when you're on I 10, you're like, oh, there's the Iowa exit. And you say that around there, like, no, it's Iowa. Yeah. Um, and he made me uh, like a uh, like a sauce piquant with yeah. turtle a couple times. And it was, but you cooked that shit for like 10 hours. So yeah. you, you could fucking put a boot in there and it would be edible <laughs> after 10 hours and it's spicy as hell. So I say it was good. It, it, you know, it was edible, uh, with rice. You add enough spice to anything, yeah. anything becomes edible. So yeah. like, there was about a dozen freaking peppers in there. And, uh, but I mean, it was, it wasn't like chewy or yeah. gristly or anything like that. Uh, well, I need it again. 10 hours, I hope not. Right. I don't know if it was 10 hours, but it was a few hours. That's a while, I'm sure. Yeah. That stuff uh, simmers for Because a while. he browned it all first, and it did not smell great when he was browning it. I'm telling you, they don't smell good alive. And I then he, uh, alligator they don't even smell good on necropsy. Like, right. having done necropsies what, on them, that is horrible. Not, they're not a good smelling. Like, land tortoises don't smell bad on necropsy, but freshwater but like, turtles. Alligator snapper start to go bad quick too. Well, most reptiles do. Alligator snap. I, I don't know. And they just—they also just—they—they they look like they're rotting from the outside. Whenever you look at them, right. their skin is just right. Floppy. And you know, the, the, the snapper that he cooked for us—I don't think it was an alligator because it was in common. Texas. It was a common, but also it wasn't a you know a hundred year old alligator snapper. Yeah. I would imagine that that's pretty tough, gamey. Yeah, but in Louisiana they'll eat fucking anything, so they don't care. Oh yeah. If it moves, oh, yeah. even if it doesn't, well, move, then I had it. turtle off Sherry at the. Um, yep, y'all named your turtle before you ate it. Yeah, oh, okay. Sherry <laughs> um, at uh, Court of Two Sisters on Royal Street. Mm-hmm. They say Royale, Royale. with cheese. Um, <laughs> you've never seen that. If movie you're going to say all the French sounding things, you may as well say Royale. Well, just like yeah, because um, the metric system. Uh, James has never seen Pulp Fiction, so he has no idea what I'm talking I've about. I've seen clips, and I know that one. Okay. Um, You've never seen Pulp Fiction? He doesn't like Quentin Tarantino I don't, I don't movies. Like Tarantino movies. Something wrong with him. Who cares? It's like a classic. Right. So, anyway, uh, it's a it's a jazz brunch buffet. You know, it's like a famous place there yeah. on, on Royal Street. And uh, I've had that. I had that when I was there, and it was, that's more of like a. I just can't eat turtle. I get it. It's a thing. I can't eat turtle. Can't eat alligator. Can't eat snake. It's not that I don't have anything against people eating it. I do have a thing against Louisiana not fucking making it illegal to eat yeah. alligator snapping turtles like every other fucking state has. Right. But because it's full of Cajuns and it's their history, I'm like, well, they're just gonna do it anyway. The problem, you're just gonna keep eating your history until they're it's, just gonna add it to the Cajun limit. <laughs> fucking God, I hate fucking <laughs> fucking hate that. You go fishing and you come into you come in and then you tell everybody what you caught and there's always some coon ass that's gonna go. Did you catch a limit, or did you catch a Cajun limit. Yeah. And for anybody that know what a Cajun limit means, just catch however the fucking many you want yeah. and hope you don't get caught. That right. is a Cajun limit. There's plenty of people in Texas that do Brian, that, just come here. <laughs> Hold on. Brian wants to ask you a question, and he keeps asking me like I can freaking hear Hi, Ryan. Hear. It's Ryan. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? So, uh, Why do you want? Finishing the making up dinner, I was wondering if um, 
I need my 308 to go hog hunting this in two weeks. Oh my god, go away. Oh, oh dang it. <laughs> Probably not. That's seriously uh, what you wanted to ask? That is what I wanted to ask. Go away. Okay. I want to go hog hunting. <laughs> we need to just okay, set it up. What are these tacos? Tacos. Tacos. I'm going to be moving out of my shop that weekend, so there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything that weekend. We're going hog hunting at some point. Yeah, once it cools off. I'm shooting a pig this year. Yeah, if you do go, when you do go hog hunting, please let us know because, so Ryan just had his, um, so his grandfather passed away, um, and it was his last remaining grandparent, and we were gifted, um, his family actually was really nice, and they re- gifted, refurbished, um, the grandfather's, uh, shotgun and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's like all excited, although I think the 308 is actually his. But still, like, he was all excited. So any chance he has to go hunting, he's like, come on. Well, we'll set up some hog hunting and he can come down and go hog hunting with us. Definitely. Yes. And I told him to bring it back because I'm like, hey, we have five kids. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Food is food. Uh, <laughs> No shame. For probably five years, the majority of what we ate was venison and wild pork. Um, and then you started making yeah. racks and stuff. And, you and then I started making racks and stuff, and now I don't have time to go hunting anymore, hardly. <laughs> Logan did get, my son did get drawn for a youth hunt the first weekend of October. Uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife does the uh, their free youth hunt. Um, they're That's done. Awesome. They're done on a lottery system. So, and it's, he got of all the, he's been drawn several times. My daughter was drawn several times before she aged out. But of all the ones that he could get drawn from this year, it's the one that is 30 minutes down the road. So nice. Uh, we're sleeping in our own bed. And uh, my daughter actually killed a deer there. And then um, nice. my Logan actually killed a doe there a couple of years ago. So we do have people that want to talk about UVB bulbs tonight. Okay. That's, that's um, oh, right. That's, that's, that's um, what I'm here for. So Lee or Amanda <laughs> just chimed in. So. You, uh, you, everybody's enjoyed our hour of hunting and fishing with yep. the Grumbo podcast. So. Yep. Normally it's food. Well, we make some food in there, food. too. We were eating the things we yeah. thought. All right. All right. So the Reddies said they have a question about UVB bulbs. <clears throat> they breed panther chameleons. I know because that's why I have this damn panther chameleon behind me because they tricked me into it. Uh, You're a missing panther chameleon. <laughs> I, I do like this panther chameleon. We yeah. fed him earlier and he's crazy. Uh, so I've been thinking of running a few on my baby enclosures to try out. My question is I use these seven and a half by 16 by 20 tall enclosures. What bulb would you recommend for a zone of two to three? So if it's 16 tall, you can actually utilize the jungle cover bulb. And what's nice is you can either mount it in the enclosure um, or you can mount it outside of the enclosure. And then you just have to, you know, work around what kind of screen you have. So there, um, before people you know, start adding me. There is a paper out there that talks about um, panther chameleons and um, UVB, UVA, and whether it's good for them or not. And what it comes down to is that that paper actually was done with them at the highest level. Uh, And it's resulted in you know reproductive issues but it didn't result in any kind of like deformities or anything like that in um animals that were already there so it's more of a don't put a really high-end bulb six inches away don't from put a desert bulb on a, on a jungle animal right 
Yeah, like six inches away. Like, oh. don't do that. Um, but no, so you can actually use the jungle cover, and that is an absolutely fantastic bulb. And if you're noticing that it's just a little too powerful, like if you look at your readings and you're like, it's just a little bit too powerful, they are completely dimmable. And that does not void your warranty. It doesn't negate your warranty or anything like that. And dimming the percentage of the visible light actually dims the UVA and the UVB down as well. And you can ramp it up and down. And they're dimmable on the newer ones, right? So if someone has a one of the original bulbs, that's not a dimmable bulb, right? Oh, yeah, like the OG bulbs yeah. where I'm, like, putting the freaking label on the box and you all will know that because, <laughs> like, by the end of it, I'm like, freaking box. Um, yeah, no, now we have printed boxes and they're wonderful. Um, but these are actually completely dimmable and they're wonderful. We have dimmed them up. We've dimmed them down. We've run them on um, very short lengths. We actually have... Um, a first call on our, my, our micro chickens. Damn it, Ryan. They're called um, button quail. Jeez, Louise. On our <laughs> micro chickens. Chicken micro. Yeah. <laughs> like micro Just to fuck with me. Um, so then we have, like, we dim that UVA down a little, that UVA, UVB down a little bit because, like, it's so close to them because it's in, like, a little sterilite container because yeah. they're like, little things um but then as they get you know bigger then we increase the range and then we change it over to a jungle cover um so that's the nice part is that you have some great versatility with those bulbs now i can say uh yes they do use a standard light bulb socket yes yes they do um and you can use them actually to be completely honest if you want to use a dome so they don't need, what's really cool about these bulbs is they don't need their own, they don't need a reflector dome. So a lot of UV bulbs, like the mercury bulbs, the metal halide bulbs, things like that, they need a metal reflector dome to actually angle the light downwards. They have their own reflector already built into it. So you don't need that. That's why you can mount them inside. But if you want to use a ref like a reflector dome, but you want to use a small one, you can actually use the Zoomed nanodomes. And we love those. They're a little bit hard to find because they didn't take off as well it seems um, not all pet stores carry them, but if yeah. you ask your local pet store, especially if it's a mom and pop store to like order them for you, I can't see why they wouldn't order you um, yeah. the nano. Cause they went through a whole series of nano bulbs, like small bulbs. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing this. Yep. I've actually got, so yep. the jungle cover, I've got two jungle covers on my chameleon in two different locations for two different heights. I've got jungle cover on my skinks back here. I think I've got jungle cover on my redfoot tortoises. I've got, I think, midday blaze on my Euromastics and on our bearded dragons. For someone who just had Todd Sanders ask for a bearded dragon, uh, the midday blaze is what I use for mine. Yep. So it all comes down to, honestly, what is the height of your enclosure and then what is the zone that you are going for? That is ultimately what you're looking for. So traditionally, we're going to say this nicely. <laughs> Traditionally, marketing has been, this is the forest, like this is the jungle, and then this is the desert, and the jungle is like deep in the jungle of Africa where it's dark and you're not going to see things, and then the desert is right in the middle of the Sahara Desert and like sand dunes, 
And that's what people thought of when they were marketing these animals. Mm -hmm. Totally great. Not accurate at all. So a lot of places are considered deserts, even if they're not like a traditional desert. Like Illinois even has like some little areas that are deserty, mm-hmm. um, even though they might not be considered desert. Um, and then uh, jungle is we use the term jungle because a shade dweller was already taken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no Arcadia, I'm being us there. Um, but also, we were trying to really instill into people the idea of like leaves. <clears throat> Not direct hot sunlight. Exactly. So you're not getting direct sunlight. You're having more leaves kind of branching overhead. So desert is more, you know, open sunlight. The jungle cover is more of um, refracted sunlight. So where it's like partial shade. And then your first call is when you're on the forest floor and you're not receiving that sunlight as well. So if you're nocturnal, crepuscular, um, I hate the word nocturnal, but crepuscular, or if you're just like deep in like the Amazon basin and you're like in the leaf litter, that would be a good one. Well, I love that y'all have that bulb because that's great for people that want to do like uh, some of the small geckos and frog species that are in well-planted tanks. You don't want that bright, uh, you know, a ton of UV hitting them, but still give them some UV light. Um, oh, yeah, like Mediterranean house geckos, um, the hemodactylus, crap, I can't remember the last part. Um, I'm counting it for that part, though. Um, but like the Mediterranean house gecko. So they're a nocturnal species, but their skin is like super cool and actually can absorb more D3 than some of their more crepuscular um, or not more professor, more diurnal, uh, relatives. And so they don't need to be exposed. And the reason is, is they don't need to be exposed as often because they're not going to be exposed as often based on their, um, behavioral ecology because of the way they're set up. Their behavior is they come out at night or they come out like at the very end of the day. So they're not going to get like the full sunlight. So their skin actually absorbs more of the UVB so that it allows it to utilize that um, UVA and allows it to use the vitamin D, which is super freaking cool. Well, I found Whereas- that with those, you don't, you don't need a UV light. You just need a porch light because uh, that's how we get them. Just, yeah. just a porch light and you have 5 million of them out there. Just running and shitting well, all over your walls. <laughs> um, but whereas like scleroporus, scleroporus, it's great. I can't say it. Um, somebody else say it for me. But those guys, they don't have that. And even though they're a very diurnal animal and they are out in more sandy, um, rocky outcrop areas, they need more um, exposure to UVB because they need, they have more um, skin protection from UVB, UVA rays. So we're finding now that there's a lot of species variation that's already put into these. And so we try to um, make that known to people too when they email us and ask us like, hey, I have this species of animal. What do you recommend? We take those into consideration. We're not just saying, oh, 
it's a tropical species, this is what you get. We're actually saying, hey, it's a tropical species, but, you know, it does have this adaptation, so you're going to need this lower end bulb, which is incidentally cheaper, but it's going to be healthier for your animal. So the Reddies ask, what would be the max UVB output at, let's say, six inches from the bulb? So say on, like, the jungle cover, uh, what's your UVB output at six inches? Do you know that? Um, you're looking at, hold on, I have to actually remember it off the top of my head because I just did a whole bunch of measurements like two days ago and my brain is like completely fried from doing it. So your max output from like six inches away is roughly like 48 to 54 you know, nanometers or microwatts, microwatts. Cool. Is that what it is? I, I, I can tell you the one good thing I like about them is they have a small footprint as a bulb. Mm-hmm. I like that they are small. And uh, for anybody that's never seen uh, them go to town with that on a nail, they can withstand being used as a hammer. Oh, yeah. Yep. They got beat with a blacksmith hammer. I went ham on that thing and it's still turned on, which amazed me and made me a little concerned that I was going to electrocute myself. <laughs> um, my tentacled snake uh, enclosure, I didn't screw it in tight enough, and she does what tentacled snakes do and messed with it. And she um, knocked it into the water. Thank God not. not you know, not, <laughs> not the whole swivel, just the you know, bulb and the bulb was submerged for at least four hours and still worked and wow. was completely water resistant not recommended not warranted for that by the way just the case <laughs> um but we missed them all the time we put them by misters to test them i've sprayed them for five minutes straight um had no problem with it they don't rupture or you know explode upon heat our snakes actively hang on them you know, because they like them as like a little basking ledge because they're just like a little bit wide enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, level mount are spinulosis. They like to, because it's a swivel mount, so it kind of like moves. They like to jump on it and then go, whoop, go like that and then like smack against the wall. And then like they'll go the other way with it at some point. So they use it kind of like a jungle gym. No. They're hard. They're hardcore bulbs. And if you use code Gumbo twenty two, you can save fifteen percent. Just throw that out there. Just go say fifteen percent. And they last forever compared yeah. to yep. any other UV bulb. UVB bulb you've used before. Yep. And if they don't, we replace it. And there, we've replaced um, to this day. I actually just ran this number. We've replaced out of about. 400 or 500 bulbs, 600 bulbs, I think 20. Not bad. Not bad. No, not at all. And people, trust me, are very happy to complain about bulbs. <laughs> uh, so, like, if there's an issue, they'll let you know. And we've only had a couple that, and it wasn't even like, we had like a couple of low output ones. Um, that were involved in Ryan's car accident. Um, and then we had a couple mm. that were in our very first run that one batch didn't, like, the diode 
just died. And like the whole thing just didn't turn on, which was great. So we're like, cool, we'll replace it for you. And there you go. Uh, see, uh, Darren says there's some influencers marketing big name lighting equipment because they sponsor the channel. How do you feel about that when you produce a superior product? They don't care because their shit's better than the other stuff. And they did it first. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, what it comes down to is like, we see it and we're like, that's awesome. We don't have the marketing to do like be like yeah go forward and do it um we do what we can and we let our product speak for itself is it a great way to make a big splash immediately no is it a great way to make a long-term splash though absolutely because it's a grassroots project and it's a great way to you know, have people do word of mouth because are you going to believe me? Who's like, I'm in charge of the product. So are you going to believe me or are you going to believe like Susie down the street who happened to buy the bulb and is like, Oh my God, look how, you know, my bearded dragons, you know, acting now. So we'd rather get that kind of traction than, necessarily have our name over every single area ever it's just funny. i get i get very defensive for y'all when i when i see other things online and people start saying shit i'm like because i would suggest if anyone ever asked about uvb i always suggest these because again i have them on every animal i have uvb on is a vivtech bulb and mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll suggest it and of course we've talked about it before but people will come in who have never owned one never used one and start to badmouth it and I'm like, I get very defensive. I especially got defensive when some of these larger name equipment people go on other podcasts and say that it can't be done, even though I currently have them in my house, and then release a product a month later that yeah. is the exact same thing that couldn't be done, apparently. Yeah, so that was something that we battled um, was... There was a company that said that diodes cannot produce UVA, UVB. And, and if they could, they'd be the company doing it. Yes. And, they and I looked at Ryan and went, hold my soda. <laughs> and I went online and I went to a deep search and it even take me that freaking long. And I found like, 20 different articles and I'm talking like papers and they weren't white papers like they were actual papers about UVA LED lights that were being used for phototherapy in people and things like that and you know UVB photodiodes and UVC photodiodes because you know what they use UVC photodiodes for Wastewater management. Well, I took I took the <laughs> whole thing. We've been using it for a long time. <laughs> when, when, that when that happened, I took the whole thing as that's a company that is trying to be overly defensive because they have to be the number one in that space. Yeah, and so they had to go ahead and go out there and say things that's not fucking true to try and be the number one in that space. And, and again, as someone who at the time when I first heard that had the bulb running in my house, I'm like, well, hmm, that's weird because it apparently is real. Yep. And part of it is honestly just 
And part of it, it's not necessarily their fault. The spokesperson honestly may have just been ignorant to those studies because they may have only been told like uh, one thing by their company. Like this is what can be done. No, he this was the person who gives research. that company the information. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I he's, tried. He's the person who literally wrote the book. Yeah. So, oh, okay. yeah. I was yeah. say, because sometimes that does happen sure. where, you know, like sometimes they're just an asshole. and, you know, says something and that's because they're, they're told one thing and they will, that's what they, they preach because that's what they're told. So, you know, but that's okay. Cause we proved that wrong and there's a lot of science behind it that proves that wrong because we've been using UVC LED ball like LEDs for a long time for wastewater management. We've been using LED UVA diodes I mean, for a very long time for phototherapy uh, and we've been using UVB LED diodes. <laughs> don't plant like like grow houses and stuff. Some of that's UVB or, or LED, right? It is. Yep. I mean, and those guys so, are making sure they make money off their lights. So, that horticulture um, was actually one of the first places that started using LED lighting um, in the animal capacity um, for chickens, huh. for chickens and sows. Sows and chickens were the first ones that got to benefit from it, um, and then. It kind of trickled down, but if you look at it, saltwater enclosures have yeah. been using different mm -hmm. um, spectrum, like different color LED diodes forever. And you cannot tell me that you can make a 400 nanometer um, violet light, but you couldn't make like a 380. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, it can be done. It's not cheap. Like, don't get me wrong. So that is a thing. It's like, it's not cheap, but a lot of these places aren't necessarily cheap either. So look at, at what 80 ish dollars for a bulb. That's going to last you several years mm -hmm. versus spending 20 something dollars on a bulb. that's going to last you at best six months, according to what they say. Uh, yep. And a lot of times. Um, so some of the, so some of the companies last shorter amounts. Um, some of them do last longer. It depends on the bulb. It depends on the run of the bulb. Yeah. Um, some phosphors that were mixed together. And then it also depends on your on-off schedule. If it's close to heat. Um, what kind of humidity situations you're in. So things like that. Yeah. So it's different. So, That's what I was using when people talk about how expensive they are. I'm like, not really. Not when you do the math, it's it's cheaper into than the other options. So Oh yeah. Put our bulb with a halogen bulb, you've got a banging like basking spot. That animal, even animals like uh so for instance, like spiny tail uh iguanas, they prefer to bask, even in UV situations, they prefer to bask in an area that also has heat. Makes sense. That's where they're from. Sure. So they'll prefer to bask in an area that's got heat. So ideally, you would want to put a heat bulb with a UV bulb, like, 
close to that area so that they'd be like, sweet, sunlight, I'm good. And if you put, like, a metal halide bulb there, that animal is always going to have to decide whether or not it's going to cook itself to get UV or forego the UV and then, you know, to not cook itself. Like, it yeah. kind of sucks. But if you do, like, a halogen bulb, which, yes, we are bringing halogen bulbs in and we have orders of halogen bulbs coming in. So y'all don't need to worry about it. Because cool. um, everyone else is yep, getting rid yeah. of them. Yep, so we do have those, and no, they're not going to be marked at, like, the ridiculous pet supply prices, so also Good. don't worry about that. Um, so halogen bulbs, if you take, like, a halogen bulb and then you put that with our UV bulb, then you're producing, like, a nice little sunspot for them that yeah. they'll be able to get their UV and then like shuttle over because a lot of reptiles do like to kind of like shuttle over to an area that's better for them, get that heat and then like shuttle back over and do what they need to do. So one other complaint I hear and then I always argue against is people talk about how they're not, uh, they're not to them. They're not bright enough to light up an entire cage. And I'm like, that's, that's not the point of the bulb. Right. But if you want that, then you want just a fluorescent bulb, which is what I did on my cages. I have a fluorescent tube that stretches diagonally across cages to give light so I can see in there. Yes. But that's not the point of a basking spot under a U. Because those animals in the wild, like especially in the jungle, aren't just laying out completely all the way in the sun the entire time and they can't get away from it for 12 hours. That's not how it's working. Yeah, but you have to remember, so most people – will have not or will not be able to have the opportunity to actually see their animal that they keep in the wild. Yeah. So they can only do um, like what they can, you know, they can only go off of like photos that they see that are always very well lit. Um, and then. Um, okay. Erica's confused too. Good. That makes two of us. I can what? see your face. I don't know who this is. It's just Max Hicks. Max Hicks. Oh, seriously, Max? Did you seriously block me? Because we're going to have words, but... No, 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 no. Uh, Max hasn't given it permission to show his name. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's a his like, setting, not an us oh. setting. Uh, no, I'm supposed to say that Max Hicks helped me more than Reptile Gumbo Podcast. What? So. I don't think so, Max. What? That's not true. <laughs> because we helped. So we were at IHS and I was like running up and down between um, IHS and setting up. It was like Friday. <laughs> Shut up, Max. <laughs> running up and down, setting she up from IHS. Um, and setting up for Schomburg because Ryan was at work. And so I was like literally running over, like I stole Channing from one of the zoos. I stole him. Poor Max is like pulling this cart of like crap behind him. <laughs> and like, I made him run like all over the place, set up a table, move an entire setup again, move another guy's setup. It was just, it was horrible, but we got it. Um, and then Ryan had to come and finish setting up anyway because, like, I didn't even get to finish setting up. I basically put stuff there and was like, yeah, close enough. We're good. Anyway, um, 
What was I complaining? Oh, so for the lights. So most people won't be able to actually get to see their animal in the wild. And so there is kind of like this bias when you watch like nature documentaries and stuff like that, that it shows animals in the truest natural sense. And yes, they do, but they don't. Um, they do in the sense that they show you the animal where they live, but they're also showing them in good lighting and things like that because they want you to be able to actually see the animal and appreciate it. And nobody wants to watch something that, you know, looks like you shot it on like a camera phone and like it's super dirty and gritty. Um, so they don't always realize that this animal isn't always in like bright stunning daylight it's usually in a burrow um or it's usually in like a tree hollow or things like that so we didn't make them super bright we did add in a plant light to allow people to actually see that their lights were on so that they would remember to test too yeah because um, light course, does not equal uv that is not the same yeah. The same thing. Otherwise, you won't see it. <laughs> you just can't. Um, and then we did recommend, like, if you want extra additional lighting, you know, utilize, like, an LED bar. You know, um, like, Aquion Products sells, like, great little low-profile LED bars. A couple of other places sell them. But, like, we utilize those all the time. And it's just a nice way to add a little bit of extra light and... Um, color for your animal but we're not planning on coming out with a brighter necessarily bulb because that's not the idea behind yeah. it the brightness that the animal sees we can't see so what the animal is looking for we can't see and that is where it becomes a hard conversation is as people we assume that we can see everything that our animals can and we can't. And so we just have to accept that providing them with UVB and UVA, like we are providing them with a new light source that allows them to utilize their full spectrum of vision that we just cannot appreciate. There's just no way that we can appreciate it. We just have to accept that as a fact. And then if we don't like it, find alternatives. Um, we are going to make, we are making a UVA um, plant diode. One that's just UVA plant diode, just to add in a little bit more light because we have had that request. And I also requested that because I would like it, um, mainly for my plants. Um, so we are also making that. But That's cool. We're never going to make probably just like a light bar or anything like that because there's so many places you can get a good, decent light bar. I know and that one thing that people do want and I think would be neat is eventually linear lights, which I know has been a thing uh, for a while. But like I know like the Reddies are in here. They set up all of their baby chameleons in side-by-side -side cages and then so they are using linear UV light to cover – four cages three or four yeah. cages at a time um and so that's a little tricky so for some of those folks that are trying to do that kind of stuff i know that in the past ryan has talked about trying to get there uh at least some other aspects we talked about like racks and stuff and things like that 
So our linear lights are going to be different, and this is where it's going to be a little bit like problematic, I guess, for that kind of situation. For most people, it's not going to be able to be used the way they necessarily want to use it, where they're like laying out entire rows and then utilizing like one bulb yeah. for it. So they're still going to need to use a different company for that, unfortunately. And I do apologize, folks. Um, our linears will be something that has different variations so that you have areas that are higher intensity. So low intensity going into higher intensities, going into lower intensities, which is why it's taking a while for the prototype to work because it's not an easy process um, to get that to actually work. But we don't want it where it's just a flat UV, like standard UV all the way across. Yeah. Um, we strongly believe in spotlights for UV because they create a nice gradient that animals can go in and out of, whereas linear doesn't necessarily. So if people want to use it that way, unfortunately, they're going to have to go with a different product, most likely. And that is another thing that I really do like about our company. And I'm definitely going to toot my own horn and Ryan's horn on that one is we're always very open about that and happy to say, no, you want to go with somebody else. Like we're not going to fulfill that niche. We're not going to fulfill that need. So you're going to want to go with somebody else on that. Just, um, just over here waiting for my UVB meter. Are you looking at me? Nope. Oh. Looking at someone on TV. I'm like, I know you're not looking at me. Nope. But as soon, so, as, as, soon as it's available, I'm getting Oh, that was, that was my next question. Is it not available or have I just forgotten to buy it at this point? No. So here's the thing. <laughs> we can put an order in and get the old ones in. There's nothing wrong with the old ones. We can get the old ones in and then sell those. And then, you know, when our new ones come in, they come in. And that might be what we end up doing because we've had so many people ask about I them. I don't want the old one. I want the new fancier one. Oh, I was about to say. I, I a know. New <laughs> and it's so fun to play with. Um, but there was a couple of things that um, I wanted to tweak on it. So it's going to take a little <coughs> longer because I'm like, mm, it'll be right. Oh. Um, but no, we're even looking at... Um, I have samples right now. I have three different, have like 13 different, um, well, there's 13 total um, black lights. So flashlights um, that are in, deep in the, or deeper into the UVA realm. So like most black lights are in the 390 realm. So yeah. like, 400 is typically where you would see um, violet spectrum. And then 390 is usually where black lights are. And then 365 is like considered professional. And that's where you start to really get into the black light area without causing too many, you know, issues with eyes and stuff like that. Um, and we 
have a couple, we have samples that I've been testing the spectrum on them, the strength on them and stuff like that, because we want to make those available to people um, and especially zoos because handing them out to zoos is so freaking fun because they go nuts. Like they're shining it on every animal, everything they feed, all the poop because like you get to see the pheromones, (laughs) you know, because like most pheromones are lipid based. So it's really cool. Like you see them everywhere. You just go around looking at uh, snake splooge. Oh yeah. Well, and even just like the snake skin, especially like right after they um, shed and stuff. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. And some of them you're like, okay, but they might glow in different lighting. And then some of them glow in other lighting. And what's really cool about them is like the biofluorescence, actually comes from their bones so like chameleons like their bones there's like there's a species of chameleon like that has a famous picture everywhere and like every bone is lit up in this animal because their bones biofluoresce so we're making those more readily available to people so that they can actually look um but so that they can actually keep track more of mating behaviors you know, are they noticing that there's more pheromones being left on things, that there's more, you know, tracking behaviors, things like that, so that these animals that they might be having problems breeding, they can really get into that information and really start developing, but also start looking at the food they're offering. Also start looking at the enrichment they're offering. And so... They can start seeing the world a little bit more. Like it's not going to help them see the world exactly like their animal. Yeah. But help them see the world a little bit more like their animal so they can understand a little bit more. So, Darren asked uh, Robert if you and I are, so, use VivTech lighting in any of our snakes. The problem is most of my snakes are in racks. Yeah. And so I don't have lights. And then the snakes that are in cages are my boas. If I put anything hanging from in there, they just yank the whole damn thing down. Uh-huh. It's bad enough that they, I do have like, um, fluorescent lights and I have it pushed up against the back as much as I can and they still are able to get just around enough of the cord and then yank shit and break shit down so uh, I which don't... is amazing because my retics don't like my, my retics oh, pull no. on it all the time and they don't yank it out no, my bow is I went in the other day and the cord she actually pulled the cord out of the fixture not not from the, the wall through the cage like I can see wires I'm having like pop it back in on the end so that doesn't you had something that you had heat panels in I don't know, probably, and they pulled the heat panels down. And, like, the whole heat panel came off the wall. Oh, yeah. Luckily, when it came off, it, like, disconnected. They pulled it and the screws out of the PVC on the inside. Yeah, it was, like, screwed into the fixture, and they took the whole thing off. The whole panel down. Yeah. So I don't don't hang stuff in there with my boas. crazy. Uh, But maybe one day we'll have something that we can put into racks, and we can do UV lights and racks, and I would would try that. Yeah, I can honestly say we do put it in with our retex. Um, Our biggest girl is... 14 or 15 feet. Uh, she a big girl. And she sits, like, she lays her head on the damn mount, and she doesn't pull it off or anything like that. Um, so my bows are just tricks. Yeah, she just loves to lay on it. Um, our Amazon tree boas actually cryptically pass on it, so they like to lay on it, like, on the top of the swivel mount and on the fixture, and then, like, they, lay, like, hang a tail. Every now and then, over, and then, like, they put it back over. And then, like, they'll hang a loop 
and then they'll put it back over. Um, our rhino rat steaks, they're all about the UV, so. I bet your Blue Beauty, Robert, would like one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should get one. That'd be any cage for, to put one in for the Blue Beauty, light it up, too. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Put, put he has little, light in there. He just doesn't have UV. Put you some basking shelves in it or some oh. branches underneath it so they can climb. And, How know. tall is that cage, Robert? It's a four by two by two. But he's about to go up so. to a six by two by two. Actually, he's probably going to go to a six by 30 by four is what he's going to go to. Big display so cage. So send me like a message with your address and then I will send you a bulb. Okay. Done. I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, before we get too, too close to closing, I want to go over our question because the question that uh, we posted this week, we posted the question last week that you wanted and then we discussed it last week. And so I felt kind of bad, but we had to discuss it because, but Katie came up with this one and it got a crap ton of, well, a crap ton of answers. A lot of them are the same, uh, but it was. Yeah. Freaking Bill Bradley, by the way. Oh, I, know. I see to, you oh, with no. your Arcadia stuff, bud. I already <laughs> planned on, on calling him out. Uh, if cost was not the issue, what is one piece of equipment you would buy for your reptiles or you uh, to, to help with the hobby? So let's go through this. There's a reoccurring theme. You'll catch on to it quick. Uh, Ashley Howdy over at Focus Cube said a 60 by 100 shop to house them all in. Uh, mm. so, uh, or a shop. Like one of those like little shop house oh, things. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lee Reddy from Reddy's Rainforest, who was in the chat, said a massive greenhouse with top panels that allow for UVB rays and geothermal heating and cooling hooked up for climate control. Some of this stuff, like, I never even, Ooh. like, I'm like, what? That is, like, that's a that is deep, well thought out. That is someone who's answer. like, if I win the lottery. <laughs> that's that's all, all Panther chameleon, because chameleon people are weird. So that's Lee. Uh, and then this trader posted on here. <laughs> Bill Bradley posted Arcadia Everything. Uh, yeah. no, what the hell, Bill? What the hell? <laughs> no, Bill, that's you, Bill. I thought you were friends. I saw that and I was like, that can't be Bill Bradley that posted that. That's some messed up shit. <laughs> Screw Arcadia, VivTech, VivTech, okay. all the way, baby. Real quick, do you smell popcorn? I do, I do. So, okay, I thought popcorn. I was having a stroke. I did or something. too. I'm fixing a text our kid. Well, it took me a second to realize I'm also in my house and we're up here. Like, what the fuck is burning? I'm like, something is cooking in my house. I bought her Chick fil A. This, what took me so long to get back? I need to know because it's getting really strong. I need to know that something downstairs is not on fire. It's popcorn. Yeah, she's burning popcorn. I don't think she's burning popcorn. She's just making popcorn. That smells like burnt popcorn. It's also on the, it's on the edge. It's mm-hmm. right there. Okay. There's probably some black pieces in there. I burn popcorn on purpose because I like burnt popcorn. Oh, that's gross. gross. God. That's weird. <laughs> Come on. She Erica. goes, maybe. Erica, this is why we haven't had you on by yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Chuck said an island. I can see that. He just wants to get away from people. That's only going to say reptile related. Uh, Corey Martin said, since money is no object, a house on acreage with no HOA and a large workshop building sold. As soon as I saw that, I was like, so a lot of these will get to them, say a building, a separate building. I don't want a separate building for my snakes. I like being able to wander into my snake room in my underwear, uh, just to check on stuff, especially during baby season without having to get fully dressed. And then just build a tunnel, like a metal. Yeah. That's too much walking. I don't, I just want to pop in and pop out. Um, so a separate building, but it's not for me. But a house on a ton of land, so I can have my tortoises back over here, and then I can just have a nice big house with a big enough snake room that's attached to the house, and no HOA. I'm all for no I fucking HOA. I gotta get behind the tunnel thing though, because think about it: like natural disaster happens, get to the panic tunnel. Like it would just have to be like an enclosed walkway because a tunnel We'd here flood. 
uh, a tunnel here would just be a underground swimming pool. I say that, that or it would it would be a hundred and forty degrees. The underground would be great. underground. It wouldn't be underground. Maybe one time. So I know a guy in my hometown here locally. I'm trying to be very vague with this. He is very wealthy. I don't oh. think you can be on that one. You told me about that one. And he spent several hundred thousand dollars creating a shelter. Um, it's basically four Connex boxes and a school bus buried underground that have these dewatering systems in them. They have fresh air systems. They have... It's like uh, the their uh, own water well. They have. It's like the Brendan Fraser movie. He could live under there for like three years. He said without. Yeah, with a blast from the past. Uh, and I've been in it, and it is amazing. And you isn't that a bunker? It is a bunker, but you would never know it was there. So that would be an amazing reptile room because you actually go into another building, and then you have to go through two doors. One of which is a fake, like it doesn't look like a door, and then you have to go downstairs. And so he's paranoid. I yeah. feel I've seen horror movies that's dark. <laughs> that's it where was you a little people. weird walking in there. I'm like, like, I don't know if I'm getting out of here. I know this guy pretty well, but do I? You know, really? <laughs> what room do we get to where there's the chair with handcuffs on it where right. someone used to be? I'm looking for the gimp. <laughs> so you still have don't this. eat the turtle soup. Right. So it was, uh, it's an interesting place, but he's very... Um, uh dgb you missed, you missed all, all the uv led talk <laughs> you'll have to go back and listen because it's already 8 49 yeah so let me get through uh these real quick. drew schultz said a building for large snakes and lizards with a combination of walk-in indoor enclosures and attached outdoor runs i could get behind the room being attached to my house and then having outdoor cages on the outside of that room that i could put things out and still bring them in flies nah. no flies. no no. i wouldn't leave open doors for that to happen but like in the summer months and the spring months, I could put, lock them out, but still have the ability to bring them right in. In, still in the winter. To it. Yeah. That makes sense. I was going to say, like, that, that was my thing was, I cause I read that one. I'm like, but what about the flies? Because it's not like you can, like, shoo a tortoise in quickly. Like, move, 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 move. Come on, let's go. No, they stay out in the, I just built a bunker out there for them and heat it. We're good. Oh, sure. They get a bunker. They get a bunker. I do. They my do. tortoises have a bunker, bunker. And it's made it through several hurricanes now. And ice storms. And ice storms. Uh, Tori Torini said a huge building, so each reptile could have room-sized habitats, and there was space for me to live in it, too. Uh, yeah. I would that's... never see you. You would have your own house with all your reptiles, and then there'd be me in my house that was always clean. Well, our, it'd still be clean. <laughs> if I... No, no, no. Your space is clean, but you don't clean the rest of the house because you only clean your space. Well, yeah. The rest of the house I live in. Uh, R&R Dragon said a huge-ass piece of property with all the buildings that I need slash want with all the different equipment that is needed and the farm, zoo. And Yeah, that's not one thing. That's not one thing. You cheated. <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah, that's like the genie wish of like, what do you want? Yeah, unlimited I wishes. Lonnie... Banaschek said a rack system with UVB for hatchling and juvenile ball pythons. It could come at some point. Just waiting on certain technology. Uh, Ish said a separate building next to my home to house them with separate rooms for boas and pythons. I'd also have the main room set up under positive pressure ventilation and the quarantine room under negative pressure ventilation. That's way more than I would plan out, but you have at that. Uh, Angel Villalobos said, besides a whole building to grow my collection, I have everything built of PVC with clear tubs and racks with 
built-in UVB, PVC enclosures with the highest quality thermostats and heat panels, and just for fun, a bunch of hemostats and tongs. And Again, you're cheating. That's not one thing. I, I really sometimes <laughs> think that our listeners are intelligent. And then we get to stuff like this, and I realize they don't read. Douglas Ray White said he's so an email. is it, though? This reminds it's me of, thing. like, those old Nickelodeon things where they're like, I don't remember if you guys remember this, but like on Nickelodeon, they used mm-hmm. to have the like, okay, you get to go through like Toys R Us oh, yeah. for like, yes. five, like two minutes and just put everything you can in the cart. And like, that's how it feels. That's, that is what happened on some that. of these. Someone said free. Okay. I want. Well, it is one thing because it's all for their stink room. So in their mind, it's one thing. It's not one thing. And it's they like only said, you... I want one. That's true. Douglas Ray White and his fucking emu. Yeah. Doug, Doug, you're not getting an emu. You'd fucking Doug's die. Doug's getting an emu and a divorce. Yeah. He's not going to get a divorce. He's, He's going to be a funeral. He's going to get an emu <laughs> and a funeral. I want an emu. He'll get an emu and a funeral. <laughs> yes. Go talk to to uh, Br- uh, Brittany Gobble. Yeah. Ask her about her emu experiences. Yeah. Doug, you're not getting an emu. Yeah. I want an emu. <laughs> I am totally with the emu. Not for Doug. You haven't met him. Trust me. He does not need an emu. Doug barely can Ryan keep himself alive. <laughs> uh, Chris Burns says, like most other comments, a separate building to get them out of the house. I don't want one out of the house. Just one to start. <laughs> Just one to- That's how it starts, Doug. One, one emu. Uh, and then Pine- we become Australia. <laughs> Pinelands Artillery said a rack with deep tubs for juveniles and adult rat snakes. Something like a 66-quart Sterilite. Probably has to be custom made. I know someone who could make that for you if you wanted it. Yeah, maybe. I'm not doing a lot of custom stuff, but. I'd... But if he has money. Uh, I like, that's actually a reasonable request. Sure. That's not, oh, that's not crazy. Like, <laughs> no, there are some where it's like, I need 150 some the, tubs. Some of the crap I've been getting lately is. is yeah. Can I get a 46 by 19. By thirty-two inch cage, and I'm like, uh, yeah. Someone measured why? a spot. Well, in that's fa- the spot that the, I have. Yeah, that's what it is. And I'm like, well, a, I'm not going to build you a spot if I don't get to measure the spot because then when it doesn't fit, yeah, you're going to be mad at me. Um, and B, that's just no. Uh, well, those are very odd measurements. Yeah, but and then for cutting an eight when foot I have by to, four foot, when I have PVC. to explain to them how much waste it creates, well, you could just use that on something else. No, it just gets stacked up in the room with all the other. Yeah, because it's odd way, so you have to pay for all that, and so I love when people assume that all waste can just be reused on other things. Just use it. If you saw how much scrap PVC I have that I probably will never be able to use, yeah, because it doesn't fit anything that actually gets made. It's a corner here or a piece. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's see. Mike Cameron said, "Right now, probably a heat pump for the snake room, so I can keep it more consistent throughout the year. Heat is not our issue down here." Uh, Joe Smith said larger enclosures, at least eight by four by three for all my animals. He keeps uh super door free ticks and dry mark on. Yeah. Catherine Frank said slim line, dimmable UV LED lighting. I know a company that could probably figure that out at some point. Working on it. Yep. Which will fix some of these uh where I keep seeing people want to make you feel any better. Racks. He harasses me this much about stuff that he wants me to do too, and you're not even married to him, so Look, I'm just saying. I, I may mean, make it worse. Every, everybody keeps wanting LED lights to put in their rack system. We get it, guys. We get it. We get it. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> Doug told me I should make slingshots from the extra PVC. It's not PVC I pipe, Doug. <laughs> uh, Doug. Poor Doug. 
it's a good thing we love you, man. You see Doug two weeks in a row. Uh, Michael Stringer said, well, the lo- no, you can just make it out of like the flat ones. Just make like a Y, stick it in the ground, and make like the really big ones. <laughs> Uh, Michael Stringer said a large building maybe in a couple of years Darren Watson said this one I actually really liked I like Darren's idea a lot a vacuum cleaner system the one with all the hosing in the walls so all the debris goes into a large trash bin outside yeah that's kind of cool I've seen those before and you have like little like openings built into your wall like in your baseboard so you just sweep all of the debris right there to the baseboard and then it sucks it through the system and puts yeah, it if out I could just they are maintenance nightmares i imagine my kids would put so much shit into those <laughs> probably literal shit just bubble gum like in the there. Yeah. on the floor yeah <laughs> just yeah that's what happens but i would my not- poor frenchie would all of a sudden like it would piss one of them off and i'll hear Whoop! <laughs> like, <laughs> i would love it for like doing like just cleaning out um cocoa bedding out of stuff but the problem is it would end up clogging up the hose in the wall and then i'd be fucked yeah so because yep. you have to remember you've only got an inch and a half between hey hey, hey on a good day it's more than the that. back of the sheet rug. Oh. no you have two two and three quarters. so get, everything i always saw it's not I, think cold. It was, I think it was two inch pipe which is not like it's clogged up yeah you're fucked you have to run a snake down it and um yeah it's a pain in the ass it's great in theory I though i used to hate it when you use the regular vacuum to vacuum like aspen never and shit when off the floor Ryan like, no no no. he hasn't done this in like close to 15 we years. haven't had carpet in a snake room Correct. in 15 years exactly but i would have like oh i hated having to clean the vacuum out and then uh our buddies over at repticulture said an ultrasound machine but i just put shit together and hope it fucks that's kind of my breeding i don't plan for when they're like i just put them together and eventually they have sex and they give me babies Ultrasound machines like too much planning ahead. I don't plan ahead for my own job. I'm not going to plan ahead for my hobby. So ultrasound machines are great if you can read it, <laughs> you can service it, you can actually dial it in, and you know what you're doing on that one. Yeah, I think everybody thinks it's going to be like an X-ray machine where you just do it and there's an egg or a yeah, no, and then like. You can get everything to, you know, sit still and, again, you have an idea of what you're looking at. Because it's not easy. Reptile ultrasounds, not the easiest thing in the entire world. You want to know why? Because, like, the gel, you can put the gel on an animal all you want, but their scales are horrible to try and ultrasound between. So you have to use, like, water. But you can't always use water on it. So you have to use a glove, and then it kind of distorts the image. And so you have to adjust the image a little bit. And if you're using one of those butterfly ultrasound machines that you can get and you can put on your tablet, you're not going to have a great image. And it's not just a plug-and-play, people. You actually have to dial it in. So, no, ultrasound machines are wonderful in theory if you have somebody who is willing to show you how to use it otherwise you are just going to cry and have a very expensive paperweight one doug said it saves the males from overscrewing, and not if you just plan your males out properly and don't breed ball pythons see the problem is ball Do pythons males ever overscrew? i haven't figured it out yet <laughs> my snakes either my snakes uh, are fine too uh, again, most of these were the, they wanted a building, but you, I, I get it. I just want a room. I don't want a building. I just want a big room. Like you can give me a house sized room attached to my house. So I just walk through the door and then I'm in there. Um, 
because I again want to wander into my during during season when my snakes are pregnant. I walk into my snake room like thirty times a day, especially when it gets towards time for them to give birth. Mm-hmm. I'm in there nonstop. I forget what you're looking at, or no, because I know that I'm going to miss them giving birth, and so I want to be there when it happens. Because I don't do stupid egg laying snakes. My stuff gives live birth, and so I'm ready to see gooey babies. Oh, now, if only you knew a company that you could buy, like, these awesome in-situ cameras and install them so you could watch it happen. I can't install them because it's in my boa cages, and they'll yank the damn things off because they're assholes. Mount it on the outside. You can't mount it on the outside. You can't put it on the plexiglass? In-situ camera. Hello. And yes, you can. So, Where am I gonna, like, how am I going to mount it on the outside, though? You stick that bitch right there on the outside of the tank. I don't understand what the problem is. What's not tank? I'm agreeing with her. Kind of is. Plus, you got You know what I mean? It would work. She just got food delivered to her. <laughs> she had a dog treat or something. I'm starving. Well, that burnt popcorn smell makes me want to puke. I'm so fucking. So. Oh, tacos. Normally, I eat before. Okay, the that's gross. I see some green stuff on there, so that's not my kind of taco. Uh, avocado. Gross. Avocado belongs in one place. The only place I'll ever eat it is sushi. That is it. <laughs> and a churro! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan gave, I get this Ryan gave her the old churro. These are my kind of people right here. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm like, yeah! So while we were waiting for our guest to proof she was alive i messaged ryan earlier and asked uh is your wife okay and his response was she's coming so i'm like, wow too much information but congratulations <laughs> no 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 i was no dead to the world <laughs> and then i woke up and i was because i had neuralgia so i have because um, i have uh head injuries <sighs> i have brain damage you'd have to be to be married so to ryan. <laughs> Hmm. Actually, he caused one of the brain damage. <laughs> um, so, true story. Um, and so, like, I get horrible pain that goes across the back of my head, across my eye, and across my face, and everything like that. Um, I've been suffering about that the entire time. I've actually been talking to you guys, but okay, I've become so. very good at mas- I've become very good at masking it. Um, but I was sleeping, trying to, you know, get my pain meds to work and all that stuff. And I woke up in like this cold panic that I missed something. I'm like, what am I missing? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We went to take our child to her music class earlier. And James was like, Oh, I'll come with you. I'll come with you. We'll hang out. I think I slept the whole time in the car. Yes. Like, yeah, I was just tired. (laughs) Doug, maybe I'm brain damaged. But I'm sorry. Your head hurts. Aww. Yeah. No. So I got this last bout. So what? Um. I actually have. So story time. I have actually 13 concussions. Jesus. Stop confirmed. doing whatever you're doing. So confirmed concussions. Um. And then, uh, if you put me in a dark room, I glow from all the MRIs and CT scans. Um, and then the brain damp, the occipital lobe damage actually came from Ryan was in the attic. We had just gotten the floors to the garage done. We had a, uh, no, I'm not wearing a helmet. You- <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's Douglas. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, 
We had just got on the floors in the garage done. We had, uh, it's like an epoxy put into there. Yeah. And it was, apparently it was still settling in. It was like sweating a little bit. And we had the ladder up and it's one of those like old school ladders. I, I don't know how the story ends before. and it hurts like, me. Like a blue ladder that like you kind of like keep opening it and like you can make it like completely straight. And we had that, and we were in the, and Ryan was in the attic, and, you know, everything was fine. And he was pulling things out of the attic, and I was over on the other side of the reptile room, and he said something, and I turned, and then I turned back, and right as I turned back, he, I heard a sound, and the ladder slipped out of the attic like it slipped backwards and then felt the way his body weight was he fell forward and brought the edge of the ladder right onto the back of his head knocked me out cold what an asshole ryan fell out of the attic and onto our freezer our rodent freezer which thank god it was there because that saved his life um, fell onto our rodent freezer and then hit the cement floor. And when I got, when I regained consciousness, I got up and I did the quick, like, can I move everything? Can I see everything? And like, nothing was broken. And I was like, not, I did not take care of my neck like I should have probably nothing, nothing was broken except uh, for the trust in your marriage <laughs> because like I looked over and like Ryan wasn't moving and so I got up and I walked over to Ryan but I couldn't see out of once I couldn't see out of the side of my face and I was cry. I kept crying and screaming because it was so painful and like Ryan went to sit up and I remember screaming at him that he had to lay down and I checked his head. I checked his neck. I checked. I'm like, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. You know, can you feel this? I'm like doing like the pinch test. I'm like, don't fucking move. And then, like, I just like ball over and start. She can't see on one side of her eye. Like, oh yeah, it was like the complete like. Okay, this is like we're triaging you right here. And then, like, I went down. And so we went to the emergency. We ended up in the hospital. Like, he had a jacked-up ankle from it, jacked-up shoulder. Um, And then that was it. Like, he was banged up, but he only had soft tissue damage. And then I had concussion and some serious swelling in the back of my head. And it turned into occipital lobe damage. So. Yeah, so now I got like, you know, pain that flares up every now and then. So it's like, it's called neuralgia. It's like nerve pain that flares up and like, it's like being stabbed across the face and all of your nerves. It's awful. When it happens, you just look at Ryan and go, this is all your fault. No, I never, like, he blames himself so much for it. As he should. James. I never bring that up to him. Like, I never say anything because he's like, this is my fault. I'm like, no, I'm going to have 13 concussions before that. It's probably one of those. <laughs> I'm loving Darren Watson's throwback to uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. So yeah. He said, that's when uh, you came up with the idea for the VivTech bulbs. <laughs> you fell and hit your head. 
We need something that can withstand being smacked by a ladder. <laughs> if we only had light bulbs, I could. I've got it. Oh my God. All right, I've it's, got to get going. it's exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, it is over two hours. We've got to get out of here because Robert has got to go home and eat and probably poop. I'm gonna uh, just eat air out. Eventually, house. poop tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I have a churro that's staring me in the face. Don't want to keep you from your churro. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you. Uh, how can they get a hold of you? If you don't know by now, because we say every week, but still, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, good luck. I suck at returning messages. Um, y'all should know. <laughs> um, she just falls asleep on you, or she has her kid get attacked by a dog, or she. Oh my God. I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Um, <laughs> an hour. I just need people to understand. It was like an hour before we were supposed to go on last night. And, and I get those pictures and that, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, and I was like, she sent those pictures so you would believe her that this really happened. That's not 100%. I did. <laughs> like I told you. I was like, that is her panicking because for two weeks in a row, she hasn't been able to do this because of an issue with a child. Kids suck. Yeah, it's like, I haven't even, like, we have been, because I hadn't even told her, because uh, technically, I'm technically Boogie's stepmom. I hadn't even told her bio mom yet. I was like, oh my God, guys, wait. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, let's, um, let's go. So, Facebook, um, please, for the love of God, don't hit me up on Instagram. I never see those things. I never respond to Instagram. Like, it ain't happening. Yeah. Don't, like, message me on Instagram. I will never respond to you. The only person I respond to every now and then is Bill Bradley. And Not that's anymore. Because, right? <laughs> and that's Bill because, Bradley. like, me and him just send posts back and forth. Like, I don't have to engage in a conversation because otherwise it would be like weeks in between the conversation pieces. <laughs> um, otherwise, like, you can email me if you have a question about our products or anything like that at erica at com. But honestly, um, you can find me on Facebook relatively easily. And that's a great way to do it. And also, Ryan can see my Facebook. So he usually goes, Hey, do you know you have like 80 messages? And I'm like, Right. I should get on that. <laughs> so check out Viv Tech Products. Go to their website. Go to their Facebook. Give them a like on their Facebook. Go buy a bulb. Use code GUMBO22. Say 15% if you buy a bulb. Use code GUMBO22. Just trust me out. Mm-hmm. Please go do that. GUMBO22. GUMBO22. Oh, and all of our bulbs just got restocked. And by the way, the zoos are already stealing all of the jungle covers and first calls. So if y'all want jungle covers and first call bulbs, buy them now. Yeah, get the jungle. Jungle cover is an awesome bulb. I use it on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably our best selling bulb, and we're already like running out of stock because we have zoos that are already placing orders. So once their invoice is clear, then they kind of go. So jerk zoos. This is why zoos are so bad. <laughs> we should get rid of zoos. <gasps> no. <laughs> gonna, uh, go ahead. Uh, if you need to hold of Robert. Uh, LSReptileRacks.com. So go to a herb show near you. Unless it's Oklahoma, don't go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go if you're there. I mean, don't yeah, go yeah, there go to see. The show, but don't go there to see Robert. Robert won't be I there. I live in Oklahoma. <laughs> well, we're not. I mean, so. their, their slogan is literally "Oklahoma is okay." <laughs> they can't spell mediocre. <laughs> so, if you need Robert, do that. If you need uh, us, it is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, uh, Facebook at sure. gmail.com yep. um, 
If you need stickers, I've started a sticker business and I need to raise more money for Simply snakes. Stickers. So simply stickers, yeah. We just I'm make, gonna need stickers just for the record. We're just gonna make a logo. If anybody out there wants to design us a logo for stickers, I'll I'll get you stickers for a logo. I really have an idea. I want simply stickers, but I want it to it to look like it's being peeled up on an edge, like a sticker. I think that would look cool, like the sticker was coming up. Anyways. Do you want a strip tea sticker? Sure. sure. Yeah. Other what's underneath it? Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get out of here so Robert can go eat. He's wasting away to nothing over here. Uh, Eric, As I'm like slowly eating my taco. Eric is also going to get to that churro because she is going to do unnatural things to that churro. Uh, we'll be back next week with someone. Yep. And then I think in two weeks we'll probably do our uh, our release from the Conroe. We only got two interviews, but they were two really good interviews. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, moving on. So we'll see everybody next well, week. Well, it was one really good one. And, and Max. Max. <laughs> so, uh, Erica, hang around for a second. Everybody else, we will see y'all later. And good night. Bye.